Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Behind the Behind the Sins, where we talk about last week's Behind the Sins episode. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. 16 ounce latte. Let's go! Today's over here, like, making me laugh, like, as I'm trying to say hello, hello. And I think I just sounded like an asshole. I was like, hello, hello. (laughs) 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 We write for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Uh, I'm feeling it, man. Danae, you are uh, hyped up. You got some caffeine running through those veins. Yeah, I'm sweating. By the way, going way back, what do you call those cookies? The chocolate chip cookies. What are those called? Chocolate chip cookies? <laughs> no, the ones were the super taster store. Because like I was trying to remember what you said. Like we, you were like very adamant about your super taster store, and we will make these types of cookies. <laughs> Boy, when you God, say we're gonna go it. back. You don't even mean back to a, no. You don't even mean back to a recent outtake conversation. You don't mean back to an outtake conversation from the beginning no, of this we recording were session. Of, I you mean like back several no. weeks ago? Yeah, but but it's in reference to what you were going to do to the, the the couple that you harassed that people are going to find out about in the outtakes this week. Oh my goodness, Jonathan! <laughs> hey, I'm going to go back a little bit, but what are those cookies called? And I guess. That you were going to apologize to them and have those cookies with them. So that just that conversation just happened. But then oh, man. I want to remember what those cookies are called. <laughs> They're like non-flour. No, no, oh, no, no. I think God. you're just thinking of the chocolate chips. I like uh, milk chocolate chips instead of uh, semi-sweet. Oh, my God. So maybe that's what it was. You're not going to make. Never mind. I'm dumb. Ooh. Yeah, you're not going to make semi-sweet. <laughs> no. Hey, listen. That was about as good as an intro to oh. this show as I can hope for. <laughs> like, if they're all like that, I'm very, very happy. That is fun stuff. Uh, and today's re- got caffeine. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so ready to go. Absolutely. Jonathan, Jonathan is <laughs> taking his let's head back to a different conversation to the next <laughs> level. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, remember when we talked about Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's get into it, guys. Let's talk about the Sin Side Scoop. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're going to take a look at the uh, videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the show or movie in general, or music video, as the case may be. Starting in TV Sins. Phineas and Ferb, dude, we're getting the band back together. Uh, we are doing some Phineas and Ferbs and excited yeah. about it. This, as is, the... this is this is the only thing I didn't write on this week, so I don't really care. I know, Jonathan's on every single <laughs> other script. Uh, 
so uh so yeah so Phineas and Ferb has a new movie out on Disney plus uh mm-hmm. and in honor of that we thought we'd run a few Phineas and Ferbs uh this was a Dicer Hughes script so Danae and I wrote on this um it's not we've done Phineas and Ferb we did the pilot we've already done the pilot mm-hmm. before and so we've kind of given our initial thoughts any change in how you're feeling about yeah, this I, show I have like fallen madly in love with this show man I just nice. uh and it was just this episode and then the one we did after this, just watching it to help. I don't think I shadowed on this one, but I did shadow on the next one. Uh, look forward to that, guys. Uh, but um, but yeah, no, I just, it for some reason, it just started hitting my funny bone in the right way. And uh, I just, I love the characters and I love how smart the writing is. Um, and it, it's just, I mean, it's definitely a kid's show. Like it is 100%. Like this isn't the Simpsons or something. I mean, this is 100% a kid's show, but it is a super, super smart kid's show. Um, and it's, and it's really funny. And I think it, it, I I can see why my daughter never got into it, but I can totally see why adult friends of mine have said they really enjoyed watching this with their kids. And now I guess I'm going to watch it without my kid because she won't watch it with me, but that's okay. Yeah. When I was sending this, uh, my youngest son, heard just like a few notes of one of the songs or something Mm -hmm. and was like hey are you doing such and such episode of Phineas and Ferb and I was like yeah dude like how like how do you remember that he's like Phineas and Ferb (laughs) was my childhood man and he's right like we would watch Phineas and Ferb together all the time and uh and it really was like the years like he was like five to eleven when this was on tv like it was perfect for him and Mm -hmm. uh and so yeah it's it's just such a a beautiful smart show I, I really like it what about you, Danae? I don't have a lot of history with Phineas and Ferb, like as far as watching it. I think I've talked about that before, but so like even in this one, and we're you know we're getting the back band back together. As I was writing the script, I even wrote down like, is this the first time that Ferb speaks? Because I'm not used to mm-hmm. how this goes, and so I mean, I think the answer is no. Uh, I think he talks briefly in almost every episode. Yeah, it's one of the running but, jokes. He has like one sentence, maybe two lines. Yeah, like one. Yeah, like one line. Mm-hmm. Um, or something but uh yeah i i think it's clever and fun and silly um i think that maybe i potentially would watch something like this with iris when she gets a little bit older but even still it's silly enough that like i don't know the crazy adventure uh feels very wacky in that sort of spongebob vein where it's literal just goofiness nothing like there's no way that they could survive this roller coaster there's no way that they could do these things but when you suspend that and start to think about like the relationship building and things i i I don't know enough about the characters to know if it would be something that would have me come back to the table over and over again but that might change as we continue to send some more episodes i'm not sure there is a uh I'm not going to talk about it. I'll save it for uh, next week because uh, I think it's more applicable to ne- next week's Phineas and Ferb conversation. But there are ways in which this show has not aged well. Uh, and so I'm I'm interested to talk about some some of those specifically re- uh, relating to sexism <laughs> yeah, the, and, and those kind of things. The, the way they treat Candace is, well, is all the females. That's, actually. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> that's very true. Um, so but let's talk uh, about that next week because there, there are some really yeah. good examples in, in uh, next week's episode. Um, but this episode in particular was really fun you know this is uh the idea that they're going to help their uh family unit the parents kind of have this romantic reminder and get a band back together and there's just this really fun music that is at each location you know from the music shop to the library to the hair salon and that was for me fun and i think that's one of the reasons that phineas and ferb is 
addictive and popular is the songs are really inventive. Um, you have to say the music, the, the music's quite good, and I don't know yeah. if that's every episode or if we just be have we just happen to be tackling some right. of the more musically inclined ones. But mm-hmm. uh, if, if they're doing this week in and week out, that's unreal because it's, it's really it's really good music for the most part. I yeah. think the more musical episodes are the ones that fans love the most because yeah. of that. Um, there gotcha. aren't big musical numbers every week, but no, it's good. But yeah, this. Well, was then I'm not. Never mind. I don't like the show anymore. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was a fun episode, although I found several things really annoying about it, which maybe could transition. I'm not sure, but like the whole concert at the end and how it was just insanely sized was infuriating to me. Oh, nice. Um, even even in like watching and reviewing some of the episodes we're going to do in the future and seeing the overhead shot of the backyard, I have flashbacks to this massive concert, and I'm like, it doesn't make any sense why was the car coming from the middle of the yard over there's no, there's no way like it's just that stuff yeah. makes me crazy uh and it's all over and i talked about that i think last time the continuity of the world is it's con it seems like it's constantly shifting mm-hmm. um so yeah i just don't know kind of where to anchor like throw my anchor for consistency on the show since i'm kind of along for sure. whatever ride yeah. but that aside that aside like except for that part right there i had a good time with this episode um i really like the music in this one yeah they clearly don't care uh about continuity or like it's just not like in fact they 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 love the humor that comes from not having continuity and not like they they will make light of it and be meta about it and you know so yeah it's it's not something they're concerned with um jonathan you didn't write on this one what are some of your thoughts on the video um i love any alice cooper shout out even though i'm not positive it wasn't making fun of them but i still enjoyed (laughs) uh did did barrett write that one no that was me uh, oh, okay. That was the me. Dave. Mus- I, the Dave Mustaine threw me a little bit. Um, I didn't know if I'm. I'm. In some, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised you know who Dave Mustaine is, but no. I. Uh, I actually. We will find out more about that in keeping tabs. Uh, that's my keeping tab for this week. So okay, yeah, because I didn't really. Okay, good, because I didn't completely like. I didn't completely get what the sin was saying. Sure. So maybe we'll talk about that more yeah. in keeping tabs. Yeah. Because uh, I did have a question about that. So I'm glad you were the one who wrote it because I was afraid. That, did Barrett shadow this? I assume. I don't remember. I'd have to. I, I mean, I assume so as well. I thought I did. And then when I watched the video, I was like, I have never seen this video before. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that, that's our that's our world. Um, calling hair nanigans um, on this coif hey, dagger. Hey, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you were the shadow. <laughs> Good God. So I had seen this video before. It seemed brand new to me today. In fact, I don't know why. In fact, that Dave Mustaine sin was one you wrote and put in the. <laughs> no, 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 it was not. Because I don't write sins as a shadow. Don't uh, do that to him. <laughs> no, but the call, uh, calling hair nanigans I thought was really funny. Um, and then, oh, God, calling Candace Karen was great. Um, I also thought the uh, forgetting anniversaries was interesting to me because that is becoming a common theme all of a sudden in like various uh, cinema sins and TV sins scripts I've been working on. Well, it's, it's a just one of those huge story cliche. Uh, stories it is. as old it as is, time. Absolutely. Husbands forgetting anniversaries. Yeah. And I mean, it's not even, it's not even, and I guess this isn't really a forgetting, but even murder mystery uh, anniversary, which we're going to talk about later, anniversary plays into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in fact, I have such a, that that's a whole other story. But anyways, yeah, I just thought that was interesting, but you're right. No, that is, that just showed how much of a cliche that really is. And it really does happen in real life. Danae will tell you that sometimes it's even the wife that forgets anniversaries uh, in important dates. So. Yeah, that's me. That is me. That is me. Well, there's there's a there's an there's an episode of a show that I think it's maybe next week. Is I don't know. Real quick, is Bob's Burgers? Is that next week? Yeah, yeah, next Wednesday. So that will have come out by the time this comes out. Yes. 
Well, I just thought it was interesting that there was a there was a show, which I could talk about this when we talk about murder mystery, but there was a show that we recently send where the anniversary was the same anniversary as mine and my wife's. Um, oh, fun. which I've never forgotten, which I've never forgotten. But I loved the um, I loved the uh, the way they were trying to remember it by doing like multiplication or division or it was something insane. But I guess we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. If it maybe, maybe not. Maybe we won't. <laughs> um, I just took us off on a weird tangent. Hey, what were those cookies again? <laughs> Uh, butterscotch morsel <laughs> my favorite uh, my favorite it, thing about uh that sin was throwing if if somebody's forgotten something you know it's either an anniversary or birthday or garbage day garbage day <laughs> because it's so, so true good. oh it yeah there true. are so many garbage days where i've been like i hear the truck i'm yeah, like no yeah <laughs> 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 I don't I don't have I don't, we don't we take our garbage to the dump now uh but uh yeah but I've had that happen to yeah. me in the past uh and then literary assholes I thought was uh was very funny and nice. uh it was, no, it, was, it was a great video that apparently I had reviewed yeah and uh, <laughs> I've done so much since then it was it like a brand man. new thing when I prepped it was great it happens it happens legit behind the scenes y'all don't even know how crazy the last couple weeks have been oh, so man. I'm not surprised the brain wipe that has had happened since yeah, then I've walked well, and we've done multiple, then. and we've done multiple Phineas and Ferbs. So mm-hmm. that's also it's true. It's true. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, the also also young mom and dad are standing quite a bit above everybody else, meaning they are on elevated chairs. When you tell your kids someday about the ancient art of concerts in the before times, please make the chair standers the villains of your story. Uh, that's that's fun stuff. Uh, no, he forgot the day it happened, but not that it did happen. There's a difference, Karen. I mean, Candace uh, is great both for the Karen reference, which is the second Candace Karen reference uh, we've made. Uh, and then also because it's such a great distinction to make. You know, it's not like he, f- he forgot that he's married. He just forgot the exact day it happened. That's a different thing yeah or he, he he didn't forget that they had this cool moment at the concert right he just yeah. didn't remember what what that was like and that one comes from somebody who boldly i will just i claim i accept i am this person i forget dates and i have had many conversations with people who dates are very very important to them mm-hmm. where i've had to be like it doesn't mean i don't care about you i just don't care enough to remember your birthday <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I don't actually say that. That's horribly rude. But, you know, like, I, it's not, I'm not trying to be rude about stuff. It's just, I'm so in the moment, you know? Well, so I, I will tell you. I don't, for, I don't forget someone's important to me. I just sometimes forget, like, when to reach out and say, I, I, I am glad you're on the planet on a specific day. Or, you know, I've forgotten our anniversary multiple times. I forgot my, my husband's birthday many, many times. I'm I'm thankful to God that he knew that my daughter needed to be born on 420 so I would never forget her birthday. <laughs> like I have it's just a problem I have, quote unquote problem. I don't know. So anyway, that's where that sin comes from. Oh, it's no. like my, it my wife from- is my wife is January 1st. I think that's partly why I married her because I'm never forgetting that. <laughs> All right? I okay, mean good. I got this one. Don't have to Guys, worry listen, about that one. <laughs> I picked the date of our wedding so that I wouldn't forget it because it rhymes and then I forgot it. I made my uh, luggage lock my husband's birthday so that I wouldn't forget it so I could unlock my luggage. And then I locked myself out of the luggage because I forgot his birthday. I'm that person. I've never had locked luggage. Ooh, look at you. Privilege. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Locked luggage. <laughs> Me and my locked luggage. Um, I also enjoyed uh, the jour- this journey through history of rock and roll is great, but seems like it's missing something. Something just doesn't feel quite appropriate. Uh, yeah, wait, did I say me. that white? 
that was a fun one to write, and I got some second opinions on that because I wanted to make sure you know that it was uh, that it wasn't Didn't insensitive in any way. Yeah. But oh, it, I remember this. See, I did remember that. Like that was the one sin that stood out. Like maybe I did shadow on this, and then I was like, but I don't remember any of this other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because you know there is it's really a sin about our culture it's not this one technically is uh, for me not as much a sin on phineas and ferb uh, mm -hmm. as it is just how rock and roll is seen as this white art form but it so very absolutely. much came from the black community um absolutely so uh so I, I felt like mentioning that and then boobs hair salon uh i had to point out because mm -hmm. i just it's it really is disappointing that some kid, you know, didn't knock off the bottom part of that eye and uh, one of the top yeah. parts of the B. Yeah. I mean, it's just so close. So close. It I was literally, when I saw it, I was like, boobies. <laughs> it was the first thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was really glad that you wrote a sin about it because, I, actually, I think I did too. Um, but mine was something, I would think I sinned the font and be like, well, you know that everyone's going to see boobies. So why not just make it boobies? See, I, like have, I have letter combination luggage and I always made it boobies. So I would remember. There you go. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, anybody who it's had a calculator in the cal 80s. I was going to say. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> I was actually one. trying to remember how you, what is it? How did you do oh, it? Oh, it's 513 Oh, wow. Wow. Wow, Aaron. <laughs> You've got that down like the contra <laughs> password. That was man. way you got, too like, fast. Like, the, the Contra Extra Lives. 513, like, 8008. What? You guys don't know that? Come on. You need to just. You're you know. over here like up, down, up, down, left, right, Wait, left, right. Sorry. I'll re-record it. I'll re-record it. I'll re-record it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold Try on. Try to pre pretend hold on, to struggle hold on a, a little. Guys, I think it's something like five. What would the I be? One. Well, it's like five, one. Shut up. Okay. Okay. Three. Yeah. Eight. Us laughing what really are the O's? I can't remember what the O's are. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, so fun stuff. What about you, Danae? Oh, man, I am going to do my best to make this quick, but there were some comments that were on the ones that I really liked, so I was just going to mm -hmm. uh, reference the comments because there's so, so many. And then and when we get to the comment section, I'll just say skip for me. But, um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, there was a uh, – Zora said uh, – I only just clicked on the video, but did you just send Phineas and Ferb for not predicting coronavirus and adding it to their theme song? Uh, Kit Kat says, yeah, this guy's sense of humor is whack. <laughs> Mal Malachi responds, that's wait, wait, what we hold do on. here. My favorite, part, my favorite part about that is the this guy. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Which guy? Which guy? <laughs> you don't know who I got like what guy. Malachi's and maybe this girl. You don't know. Yeah, like Malachi. That. Yeah, I, I figured he's really busy with, uh, you know, the children of the corn. But anyways, go ahead. He, go, he goes, uh, that's what we do here. Welcome, if you're new. And I was like, cool, man. That's hey, right. Hey, Malachi. It's like official greeter for our channel. That's so right. Thank you for that. Um, Thanks for coming. Nix, Hope you enjoy your stay. Nix did something pretty cool. Um, said somebody actually did a quarantine version of the Phineas and Ferb theme song and linked it to YouTube. I've watched it. It's amazing. Hilarious. Highly recommend it. I probably, I, I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it so you guys can see it because otherwise I don't know how you'll like find it in the comment section. But that one was really, really fun to think that we were like sending the coronavirus thing and then someone actually made a coronavirus version of Phineas and Ferb's theme song. Mm -hmm. It's aces. Yeah, it's um, funny. I, I saw it as well. It's good stuff. Uh uh, SMIBB says, this is easily one of my favorite episodes of all time. Why so many sins? <laughs> <laughs> they don't matter. Edgar says, welcome to cinema slash TV sins. Um, and then I respond in there like, it's how we show we care. <laughs> um, welcome. Hope you enjoy your stay. Mark says he's holding the staple gun backwards. He should have shot his eye out, not staple it, which I didn't find. So great catch there. Uh 
Allison and others in uh, in the chat say that we spelled repel wrong. It's R-A-P-P-E-L. And I did not know this. It kind of blew my mind. Um, Allison freaks out. It's repel. I have been complaining about this since the episode originally aired. Why does no one care? <laughs> wait, wait, what? Now, hold on. You're going to have to explain that one to me. She's saying there's repel. A, there's a sin where we, we sin that the kids are repelling over the stage. And we yeah. spell repel like we're repelling someone. Like oh, pushing them away from each other like a magnet. I didn't catch that either. Yeah. Repelling from something is R-A-P-P-E-L. Correct. I did not know that. So we have been corrected. Mm-hmm. On that one, uh, loved the the comment about from Godzilla. I think we all know that repelling over a rock stage is probably the safest things those kids did all summer, which was a hilarious <laughs> joke that should have been made. Um, uh, and then the the final one that I loved was from Phoenix Coder, who said, uh, "There's a sin at a minute and thirteen, which is when um, we're saying like." Basically, the narrator is saying something like, I like Jeremy, but you don't see me making a big deal of it. And this person says this is now proof that Chris is Jeremy's fabled fabled college girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) What? So, one, I think that means that this person thinks that Aaron, the narrator, is Chris. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah, you you have a crush on Jeremy and Chris is the college girlfriend. Anyway, I thought that was hilarious. There is something um, about reading through comments sometimes where it's like, you are so wrong. You have no idea how many different yeah. ways you are wrong about how this works. <laughs> it's like, just listen Every to our podcast. A- You'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll just get to a comment section and there's just so much fun happening. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, but the Phineas and Ferb community is one of those um, where there's just always so much fun being had. Um but my final comment is they are, abused books far too much in this episode. Are they always they are they always on summer vacation? Or is yes, that that's, just that's the whole episodes? conceit of the show. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is the whole conceit of the show. I figured it was with the theme song and everything, but I didn't. Know, but for all I knew, they changed that up sometimes too because the show is like so insane. Yeah, so. they might. There's the, yeah. the like a Phineas and Fab uh, for Ultra fan will probably let us know, but there there mm-hmm. there probably are. Well, some non-summer. I mean, when, who knows when I'll actually ever get to really dive into it outside of what we're doing? But yeah. I bring do on plan the on knowledge doing that eventually. Yeah. Bring it on. <clears throat> uh, let's move on to the boys. The name of the game uh, is the name of the pilot, and this was a Dicer Watkins script. Jonathan and I wrote on this because we didn't want to subject Danae to uh, some of the the violence <laughs> in this this one. Yeah, uh, I gotta say, I was expecting more. Oh, really? Like more violence or more? Well, I had, yeah, I had read the comic book series, and the comic book series is just, it, which is kind of why I didn't really watch the show, because I didn't, I liked the comic book, but it was just, it was a lot, and just what I had heard people talking about the show, I just kind of, and maybe it goes, maybe it gets there, or maybe it's one of those things where I was expecting it to be so crazy that it ended up actually, you know, like, well, I, I, like I, I, I kind of helped myself. It. I think because I watched it all, uh, mm-hmm. I just conflate all the different uh, violence well, into it, whereas I, you just really saw the kind of the one moment, really. Yeah, yeah, there is uh, there is the one moment in this one for sure, but it's but it's a uh, in a, in a weird way, it's a great moment. It is a great moment. No, it's a very <laughs> it bold, really is. It's a very it bold really, it's moment. Like, yeah, it's it's awful and great at the same time, I guess. So, Danae, I'm curious since you haven't seen this uh, before. Jonathan and I talk about our our thoughts on this one. What what are your because sometimes when you haven't seen something, you'll have questions, those kind of things. What were you able to kind of piece together about what's happening in this through the video? <laughs> Oof, uh, I was so confused. 
confused. I wondered. Um, okay, so we have this world where there are superheroes who are paid to go into certain towns and be the hero of a town. Mm-hmm. And then there's like vigilantes as well. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Uh, somebody is caught in the middle. Don't know if he has powers or not, but somehow the person that he was with turned into bloody soup in front of him. I don't know. <laughs> yes, There's a big yes, blur. Yes. I don't know why that happened. Don't know what the conflicting powers are. I don't know what was happening in this episode, except for that in the outtakes, there is a hilarious outtake where the guy is like, so you want me to go and, and plant a bug, which is the uh, only reason I could figure out why other things were happening. I was very, very confused. I wondered. Um, I mean, like, like, and that's something speak- like our job isn't to help somebody understand what happened 100%, but this is one of those where it's like, I know that we're sinning makes sense that we're sinning it, but I don't understand what's happening in the show itself. I have I have something else in keeping tabs, so I guess I'll talk about this here. And I didn't actually copy over the sin, so I don't remember exactly what I said, but this was an instance, speaking of that bloody blur, this was an instance where we had to lose a sin that I was really, really sad to lose. Yeah, me too. Because we couldn't show what we were sinning <laughs> because yeah. it was oh, like so, so yeah and um it was it was just it was i don't know mm-hmm. I, I i didn't copy it over so i can't really say the sin and i don't know if it would even make any sense without being able to visualize it well let's i'll clear up a couple things uh hopefully in in one blow here with what danae was wondering about and also the sin you're talking about because it is the primary moment of this show period this is what sets this show to say this is where we're going this is the kind of show mm-hmm. we're going to be this is a world where superheroes are real in a world that mm-hmm. tries to attach the human flaws to that sense of power. So the idea that powerful people would be just as backstabbing, conniving, scared, whatever, as a normal human being uh, is kind of the central conceit. So these are corrupt superheroes that are put on pedestals as examples, uh, but really behind the scenes, uh, they're corrupt. Um, the moment at the beginning is a speedster, so somebody who can run really, really fast. Runs flash, basically. Basically it's their the flash, version of flash. Runs through okay. his girlfriend as they're holding hands and just evaporates her in front of his eyes. And it's just it because of the speed or whatever, him running into her uh, just destroyed her. And he's basically left holding her hands and nothing else. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's graphic and, in the way it shows it. So and like yeah, when you see so. and so this goes into the sin when you see this, you know, super slow mo you know, blood and evisceration. Yeah. Viscera and, you know, bone fragments and, you know, all this stuff. Uh, you know, there, there's a part that looks like a corn dog. And so the sin basically ends by like, you know, just the narrator getting distracted and going, is that a corn dog? But we couldn't, we couldn't really keep it in without showing the grotesqueness, which then tempts YouTube <laughs> you to, you know, disallow advertising kind of thing. Well, it was so. one of those great, was, and Aaron read it well, too, because we actually did do it. And then because we went ahead and left it in just to see if we could make it work. And it and it and it just didn't. But, uh, you know, Aaron, I don't remember what you were saying before that, but it's something along the lines of, you know, oh, this is terrible. And, you know, just going off on this whole like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the way Aaron was explaining what the show is doing. And then at the end, just being like, is that a corn dog? <laughs> my gosh so, yeah yeah uh, so we're, we're awful so that is so the, so later in the show for instance and i'm, I'm not i'm well jonathan i may be spoiled no because you've read the comic so you you know mm-hmm. this kind of stuff anybody who's listening you spoiler know spoiler alert well you know we do spoilers you know it's kind of a spoilers duh situation with behind the scenes but um but this is future episodes but you know in future episodes uh a woman 
like smashes a guy's head like a grape as he's giving her oral sex. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is just this is the show that's like, no, these are the real kind of things that, you know, superpowers would lead to on a base level. It is, you know, it's like visualizing the parts of superhero powers that, you know, people don't often but visualize. But it's really it's 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 very broad and it's very over the top with its portrayal. And I've only seen the first episode. I do plan on to continue to watch it. I really like this pilot. Um, it's really interesting. And I like the I like the marketing and stuff. I like how they're like, you know, there's this one scene where we didn't really show much of it. But there's this one scene where Elizabeth Shue is uh, pitching selling one of the superheroes to, I guess, a mayor or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the mayor to of protect Pittsburgh his or something, city. yeah. And she, yeah, she's going to give him like a three-year contract to have like this Prince Nubian or whatever, whoever the superhero was for like 300 million. And they're like, they're like negotiating back and forth. And it's like, you're sitting there watching it going like, this is probably what would happen, right? Like if there really were superheroes, like this is the kind of thing that would happen. It would be like, you know, it would be like a private police force almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's also interesting correlations, right? There's very, like you're talking about the, the, the superheroes they're not really having to uh they're not really having to have face any consequences i mean like the the guy that kills that the guy's girlfriend he has to apologize that's all he just has to apologize sounds Um, like sports stuff it is you have a a sports player that you get for however many million and then they get in trouble and yeah 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 no that's that's exactly what it is and like they're gonna pay the guy like thirty thousand dollars for his you know, to, to help you his know, trauma. Appease, uh, yeah. His trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, there's stuff like that, that like I actually found pretty fascinating more so than the, the over the top stuff. But then at the same time, there's really cool stuff in here. Like there's a great fight scene towards the end that I thought was really cool. The way they did it, where uh, Carl Urban is fighting the, the transparent guy. Translucence. Uh, translucent yeah <laughs> where he's like actually spitting his own blood on him so he can see him while he, so he can see where to hit him and stuff i don't know it's just it's a very clever uh device it's, i don't know it's no, it was i was very i i enjoyed it overall and that guy that guy set told the other okay i know i'm using such general terms here but um dead girlfriend guy mm-hmm. uh doesn't know that the other person is FBI isn't FBI isn't yeah. FBI yeah so the is boys okay. is I don't know how the show does it but I know like in the comic like basically there's this group of people that are kind of trying they're in their own way to keep the superheroes in check gotcha um, it's almost it's almost like a it's almost like an IA or something internal affairs <laughs> but but not but not on not on the up and up right you know? okay yeah it's an underground um, organization or an underground organization yeah it's, yeah. it's a UIA. Okay. And underground internal <laughs> affairs, but uh, but no, but they're seeing all this destruction that's caused and all this stuff that's covered up, and they're trying to they want people to know about it, and gotcha. so and so he's kind of part of that group, gotcha. and he ends okay. up becoming part of that because he suffered a yeah. I mean, I could already see they were handling a little different in the show, so like I said, I don't know exactly where it goes, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting stuff though. I'm mm. I'm 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 interested enough to I'm intrigued enough to add it to my list of things to watch, which is ever growing. I I, watched, I got 300 episodes of Phineas and Ferb to get through first. <laughs> right, but, right. First, yeah. I, I watched Priorities. the uh, the entire first season uh, within mm-hmm. a day or two. Second season, I think, dropped today, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and I think what I'm struck by the most in this show is what you're talking about, is the, mm-hmm. the well-thought-out world building and the boldness to go to places that let you know we're really going to think this through to its human element and not, you know, mm-hmm. sugarcoat uh any of it um 
So I, I, there was something very, uh, profane's not the right word. Vulgar's maybe a better word, but a vulgarity in a way that serves a story purpose. You know, it really mm-hmm. serves yeah. a purpose to say, these are the human things that we all know as part of our lives, whether it be violence or sex or, or whatever the case may be, or part of our world, I should say, that, uh, that we just really have never put into these superhero worlds and we're the show that's going to do it. And in order to do that, uh, we have to we have to tear down all of those walls and be willing to you know yeah. do well, to, think, to really show it. So well, and it works well on both levels too, right? Because if if vulgar, profane stuff, if that's just your kink, if that's what you're into, like that's the kind of movies and stuff you like to watch, you're going to get that here. Yeah. But if you also are like me and you, where we we enjoy the you know the other stuff as well, I mean, I think it's just it's 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 built to service a lot of different types of audiences. The cast is really good too. Yeah. I mean, Carl Urban, Elizabeth Shue. Um, I like all the people playing the the superheroes. Um, I've heard that Chase Crawford's really good. I, I mean, I only saw him a little bit in this episode as the deep, but I've heard a lot of people talk about how he's really good on the show. He he is, um, but this show has a an element of over the topness to it that mm-hmm. it, it does a fairly good job keeping balance. But if I had one complaint with the show, it's that sometimes it's a little too silly and yeah. it just kind of loses sight of that stuff a little bit. And so, I mean, it's a treacherous balance to take to, to, to do yeah, serious and yeah, silly the way that the sure. show is doing it. Um, and I don't know that it always succeeds, but, but and anyway. I really like uh, Aaron Moriarty really stood out to me in the first episode. She yeah. plays the new the new um, she's great inductee. Yeah, um, I had never I don't think I'd ever seen her in anything before. So she looked very familiar, but I think she just reminded me of other people because when I looked at her IMDb, I'm like I don't think I've seen her in anything. But yeah, yeah so that's good to hear that she stays uh, really good on it. Uh, Danae, why don't you transition us into the video itself now that maybe you understand a little bit more of the context? Uh, what, yeah, what's some of the stuff that like? eliminates at least three of the things I had written down. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the fake out moment of anger being overused like the boy who cried wolf. That was a nice reference. You know that um, uh, like there's a moment when um, the guy reaches across the table and he's mm-hmm. angry and the, but the sin is like this is like a fake out and the boy crying crying wolf and I can't believe anything anymore I thought that was a nice way of kind of referencing that some some things are overused uh, but I just wanted to point out I still fall for that every time because I am that person <laughs> my, uh, my favorite part of that is the misexplanation of the Aesop fable where it's like it's like that one Aesop fable where the wolf got so sad about the sheep he was hunting that he wouldn't stop crying <laughs> it's like right. it's, it's like obviously delivered by a person who never actually read the fable just know it's right. the, the cried wolf thing and <laughs> just trying to figure it out <laughs> uh, i wrote down that levitation sex is probably disappointing and then this is my notes on it i can almost hear the character narrator telling himself that that's true so that he doesn't want to have <laughs> levitation sex um i still just think the, way- the, the comparison to waterbed sex is apt i you know look if you can enjoy waterbed sex that's fine but it, that was not but a if there's experience. no sloshing sound are you sexing right you know question mark i don't know um Leaving this, uh, the the leaving the seat up joke, just the delivery of that one was so funny. Like, hey, I'm taking a stand for the big issues here. Bravery takes many forms. Just that sort of, uh, it was just a fun, casual uh, joke. Um, But then I'm going into the comments again because Lori Lynn wrote something that I thought was amazing about IP serials. And I highly recommend that you go find it. I saw that, yeah. Uh, Literally 
writes, uh, the entire main Marvel lineup had cereal this year. On top of that, there was a various imitation Lucky Charms type cereal released for Star Wars. None of them were very good, she says. The Elf on the Shelf got Elf on the Shelf sugar cookie cereal, which was supposed to be like a sugar cookie version of Cookie Crisp with marshmallows, but tasted absolutely disgusting. Fake vanilla to the max. Oh, and Kung Fu Panda had Kung Fu Crunchers, which I did not try, but I saw in stores. So yes, they quite regularly still do IP-based cereals, but they are generally not very good. And what was hilarious to me about this long comment was that this person, whoever this person is, is the person that buys every IP cereal, tries it, and is disappointed every time. I love that too, right. man. I love, right. I love, I love cereal discussion too. So that was a that was a I favorite know. comment of mine. On the heels of last week, where we got <clears throat> mm-hmm. some really fun comments on our cereal conversation, and then the comments underneath Lori's uh, is like Micah weighs in that um, he ate Star Wars cereal on May the fourth, and then Gamer writes in that there was also Overwatch based, uh, and that there's Lucy. Oh, it's like there's all this stuff. I was really impressed with that comment, and I just All right, wanted to let take me, the let me defend to, myself here not, just a second. It's not me, what it used to be, though. As a child of the <laughs> 80s, yeah, right? yeah, yeah let didn't me just we say have, this. Like, Mr. T cereal at one point? Yes, in time? Let me, this is what, let me say this. You are correct. They still make IP cereals, they would not be on a gas station shelf. In the 80s, Mr. T cereal was in the grocery aisle. It was a thing that people could buy at the grocery store. Uh, These these are one-time runs that you buy on the internet or whatever the case may be. They are not on the local grocery shelf. Gas stations, maybe you get Frosted Flakes. (laughs) Maybe. I totally missed that we were in a gas station. Yeah. I I missed that completely. Well, even the grocery aisle. You're not going to find Overwatch cereal at your your Walmart. (laughs) It's just not there. But Mr. T, but Mr. T cereal was. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah>. Booty. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, go ahead. That's all I got. All right. Um, let's see. I'll go next. Uh, the considering all the movies and merchandising based around the seven, there's zero uh, chance they don't know that Homelander is invincible to bullets. I really loved that point um, because a lot of times you can just say. Oh, well, they should know Superman is invincible to bullets. Mm-hmm. But in a world like this, you have proof that they should know that. The, these people are the most famous people in the world. That entire look around Times Square was all those superheroes. Like, this is something people know. So I, I really liked that point. We got we got called out on our wordplay there, though. Oh, um, yeah? I'll go ahead. And, I had a bunch of comments, so I'll mention that one. But what is it? You're either invincible. Okay, so the other one said you're either invincible or you aren't. You can be impervious to bullet, though. <laughs> yes, yes, I have heard that distinction as well. There's a difference between invisibility and bullet uh, immunity. I'll um, I'll live with that though. I don't I yeah. don't feel like we said anything incorrectly. Uh, I liked uh, Jonathan's. Uh, you might not actually get the check, but I will offer it to you. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like that too. It that makes me good. makes me laugh. And then, except for Boston, of course, because I mean, it's Boston. Uh, was really fun. Which I just all I did was I went to a I used a. Uh, a random like a city a name randomizer on the internet to find my city like i didn't even like there was nothing behind oh, that other than i was like oh this like, will be you fun trying to like, just go find one of these random it a, that's yeah, it was just a random city generator and boston was the one that came up and i was like that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> well i i wouldn't have needed a random city generator to come up with boston <laughs> whatever that says about me <laughs> 
and then the the other uh, puns I wanted to bring up were uh, the A Train's Quicker Quaker Oats was fun, and uh, consulting the Urban Dictionary, uh, which oh, I yeah, I, may, I may put I in my scrapbook. I may put that one in my scrapbook. That's <laughs> that's one of my favorites that that's ever come to my brain. So yeah, that was one of those too where I was a little irritated because I was hoping like because whenever you hear somebody define something, you're always like, oh, I hope they got it wrong, you know, or I hope they set it off just enough to where we can make an annoying sin about it. But no, he was dead right. And so, um, but Aaron came up with the Urban Dictionary sin, which was even better than anything else. So that yeah. worked out perfectly. What about you, Jonathan? Um, I, uh, you guys got a lot of them. Who sits on park benches? I thought was really funny. Um, <laughs> and uh, the just the idea, everybody was so, that crowd at the shareholders meeting. Yeah. And we were just like, that is a large crowd at a fucking shareholders meeting. <laughs> Um, now, mind you, they were introducing a new hero. I guess that would be a big deal, but I don't know. It just the whole thing seemed a little odd. And just you know, as someone who watches a lot of movies and has had a lot of like favorite things from movies, like completely leave my mind eventually, just because so many other movies take it. I really appreciated Aaron bringing the Babysitter Blues uh, back to my uh, so perfect my, uh, my memory because I had not thought about that in forever. Um, I don't. What was that one? It's from Adventures in Babysitting. Um, we just played a little bit of it, but it's when Elizabeth Shue is at the shareholders meeting As and she's talking Aaron put the babysitter thing Adventures yeah. of Babysitting clip that in was there. really good and then you just hear the dun 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 which is perfect yeah. I gotta show that movie to my daughter by the way she would love that movie but, yeah um, yeah, yeah. Anywho, I'm excited for season two, and uh, hopefully it'll it'll make. Yeah, maybe you'll be maintain. maybe you'll be talking about that next week. Who knows? Who knows? Let's move on to music video scenes for the week. Uh, we're going to talk about our own video, BTS Dynamite. <laughs> um, so you didn't know that we recorded this song called Dynamite, but uh, but we have sent it. Uh, Dynamite. This is this is BTS singing in English. <laughs> what Barrett have to say about uh, this video? BTS are my adorable little Korean smack muffins. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to see why they stand head and shoulders above other K-pop groups. This is not even a very good video, but I like it because I get to see my little boo-boo smickens running around and dancing and singing, and it's all adorable. That's all he had to say about that. <laughs> Well, fine. That works. He's got a crush on BTS. I get it. I he get basically it. calls them his little boo boo muffins, and that's it. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I, I, I'm fine with this stuff. It was interesting to see them doing the English thing. You know, the whole way yeah, through. Yeah, I think that was. I don't know if it was disappointing. I mean, Blackpink's doing that more now too. I mean, a lot of these more popular bands are just kind of going almost strictly to English, and I don't know the Korean. The 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 language barrier was kind of part of the fun for me, so I don't know that I like this as much. Totally um, agree. I totally agree. I think the, there's nothing wrong with the song, but no, I I love the original. In, in part of this com maybe comes down to like the subs versus dubs conversation that sometimes mm -hmm. we have in movies, mm -hmm. where it's just like there's some something when somebody is speaking in their most comfortable language where their their acting is better their passion is better they they you know are are the, even the rhythm is better i think when you're doing that because mm -hmm. you understand how words are rhythmic better in your own language than and, and i'm not saying they did bad i you know i i'm not saying that at all no, i'm just saying i like it better when it's original language you know when it's and, your and maybe, native tongue maybe it still would have come off the same either way but i did find it interesting that some of the stuff they were doing it almost felt like they were just slapping together like american mad lips and stuff like yes yeah mm -hmm. 
like, yeah, yeah, I'd rather you just sing a song about you know, <laughs> like whatever, whatever you're feeling. Like you don't have to like say like hot dog and football and you know what? <laughs> right, I don't know. Yeah. They don't say those things, but you know what I'm saying? Like it kind of just felt almost like a Mad Libs exercise at times. No, I think that's right. Um, but it's a fun song. It's it's an energetic. It's a perfect sure. like end of the summer kind of jam. Um, I you know I I've never been as big on them as Barrett has. Uh, um, I've always. And I don't know, and maybe it's a visual thing. I've always preferred Blackpink, but um, but uh, but I just I don't know. I don't think I like BTS quite as much as he does. But I get why they're so popular, and they and they have diehard fans. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, everybody in fact, half BTS. the comments are always like, "Where's the army? Where the army is going to come after you for for sinning?" But they've always been very nice to us for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have the same name, Danae. What are your thoughts? I have very little experience <laughs> with them, so I don't have a previous like them singing Korean versus English, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm with you. There was something about like watching them perform this where you can kind of tell they're having to think about the English rather than just perform. Right. Um, which would be the case if anyone was trying to sing something or perform something in a mm-hmm. language that they're not as comfortable with. Um, but I think that this band, uh, is beautiful and, uh, fun to watch and intriguing. Uh, now after talking to you guys, I think I would want to go back and watch some other videos just to mm-hmm. like do like a comparison because I, I, I agree with you. There was a sense of cliche. This is a song of cliches and it's like musical cliches or summertime cliches. And sometimes those make really, really fun pop songs. Um, but to me, they were even cliches that didn't make sense together. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, like, sure. like milk and rock and roll. Yep. Uh, that was a really good, you know, sin to point that stuff out. Um, at the same time, if you want to break down dumb lyrics, there's so, so much out there that we could talk about. So Absolutely. Uh, I definitely don't think this is a bad on them for this song. I just think it was something I was like, oh, okay, that's not apparently, something that's really intriguing to me. Apparently, you've never seen the Ozzy Osbourne Got Milk commercial. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think about the uh, the video? I liked it a lot. They... Um... I my one of my I always loved the sins where the not pictured anywhere. So I was really glad Barrett put one of those in there where it was not pictured anywhere night. Um I also loved Barrett's uh, uh bemoaning of the uh, functioning record shop. I, his uh his laughter breakdown yeah. into just depression. <laughs> and this is a like this this that's a narrator thing, but that's a legit thing. Like if for people that don't know Barrett, I mean he's he is he's physical media when it comes to music. He is huge on like he listens to Spotify and stuff like that, but he still buys CDs and he still buys vinyl and you know like he's he's very much a a, a proponent of that. So it, that's a legit sadness that he has. Um, <laughs> it was really funny how it's like the laugh that that just sort of like dwindles into mm-hmm. this. It was good. That was fun. Uh, why does my mind immediately gravitate toward the term circle jerk was very funny. And what made that even funnier is one of the BTS members, it's rap monster, but he's kind of oh, like on the, like the, the end of that group. And he just has this really weird, like this really goofy smile on his face, right? <laughs> as Barrett says, circle jerk. So it just like, it's one of those moments that just work perfectly uh, with the visual context. And then we have one of two videos this week where we mentioned Gotham city and metropolis. Of course. Uh, being across the bay from each other because that's how this works. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Danae, what about you? Um, no, I already mentioned the milk and you mentioned several of them, but the use your glutes for leapfrog. <laughs> I had that one too, <laughs> yeah. How he encourages that. The, these scripts to me are just, they're genuinely hilarious. Um, so I really, 
I had a fun time with this one. I also like he was uh, bemoaning all the prep work that he did at the beginning, which just was yeah. was such a mood uh, for you know <laughs> BTS each week. And it's just like, such a what did I do all this mood. prep work for? <laughs> uh, and then I had to mention the key modulation sin, which I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. And then I have a problem with it too because how do you not mention Barry Manilow when you're talking about key modulations? <laughs> I mean, he is the king. Very, very, very easily. You don't talk about Barry Manilow. <laughs> no, I, I love, I love Barry. He's, he's great. He's the king of key changes, man. Uh, he really is. No, he really is. <laughs> so I wanted to mention those too. But the most important thing out of all this, though, is that Lisa is the prettiest member of Blackpink. <laughs> I don't even so know if we dumb. left that in last week's episode. I can't even remember. So that might yes. make I no I sense. I, I think you did. I yeah, think you did. We did. We did. Because whenever I heard it, I was triggered all over again. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to trigger you. I was just. No, no. It's, it's just I don't understand why that's a thing. Why do well, we have I mean, to compare beauty? Sense. No, they're, they're, all four of them are insanely beautiful women um I, all I, humans are beautiful all humans right. are beautiful but that's it, right but you are gonna you are just naturally more attracted to different people right yeah like but that there's a that, that there's an actual vote on a national oh, yeah, international scale no, for someone's is, beauty is, is to up. me really really yeah. weird Danae, no Danae's that's a completely upset. that's a completely different thing Danae's not upset yeah, that no. you're most attracted to lisa that's a thing no. we, you know we all have attractions no, you can be attracted and, to who you're attracted to it's when it's just like when i can google search who's the prettiest and the internet has agreed that there's one who is yeah, prettier than the other right. and i did not know so that weird. was going to happen when i said that so <laughs> i know that, that was so that was, funny that was even that was even better but in but the important thing is also they're like all like 23 so in the grand scheme of things i'm i'm that's really weird so i'm just like no <laughs> welcome to behind the behind the sins where we talk about last week's behind the sins episode uh let's move on to cinema sins we'll start with batman versus teenage mutant ninja turtles yes it's a thing uh this was a dicer watkins script uh jonathan and myself wrote on this with uh chris shadowing and adding some sins in there as well so maybe fun. we can get chris's thoughts first since uh as the shadow i I know he he wrote some stuff. He said, yeah, I had the same impression as everyone else when I saw there was a Batman versus TMNT movie. Why did I put this on the schedule? <laughs> because it's exactly the nutty kind of thing that seemed perfect for September. Much like Batman v Superman, the title is a bit of a lie. There's a fight, but it's not the crux of the movie. Like almost every animated Batman property, they have to find a way to mm-hmm. get all the classic villains in the movie somehow. And it's a diversion that really derails the movie. Aaron and Jonathan wrote most of the Sins video. Um, they were amazing. They were great. I love them very much. Uh, they're <laughs> awesome. Said none of that. Wait, I think <laughs> you're adding some stuff there. I mean, not that I don't think Chris believes those things, but that doesn't seem Chris's personality to write them. Oh, right. I, I need to really adapt his tone. Did he mention who? Did he, uh, did, he, did he say who he thought was the prettiest black king? <laughs> is he a rose fan? Uh, Jeremy is the prettiest because he is the college girlfriend. Um, he says, I think my favorite thing to pick on and they had even more observations about it was the turtles easy discovery of the Batcave uh sidebar that was freaking amazing i loved it um i think it was ludicrous that they even knew that he lived in a cave but they also used some sort of algorithm to show sightings around all the known caves around gotham like batman regularly fights crime around gotham's caves i think all three of us wrote something about how yeah, stupid did. that was and i think all three of us have at least a sentence involved in that series of sins that was ours about that because it was dumb 
And that I was, uh, thought... that's all he had to say. So yeah. What did you guys think about like when you're writing this one? I surprisingly had a lot of fun watching this movie. I don't, I mean, like I'm, I feel like, I feel like an optimist Aaron here talking about this movie, but um, <laughs> no, I had a lot of fun with this. This is kind of one of those things. Like when you're a kid, you're like thinking about all your, you know, favorite, you know, characters teaming up together and it rarely actually works when they do. But this was a case where I thought they kind of, pulled it off like I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised at how well those two properties merge I never really thought about it that much but like because like the team up of Shredder and Ra's al Ghul for instance which is where they should have left the villains by the way <laughs> yeah um maybe the penguin that was fine but like when you start including everybody else it just got ridiculous but like that made sense you know like that felt right that like they would have things to trade each other that there's actually like there's funny moments in this like there's actually humor in this that works but at the same time they kind of take it seriously which also kind of works i don't know it's not great or anything i mean it's a it's a direct to video you know direct to dvd uh dc animated movie but um or well, dc and uh whoever owns teenage mutant ninja turtles i guess but um but i thought it was entertaining for the most part i agree with everything chris said though uh about what kind of derailed it at times i i think it's it's a it, to me it is the quintessential <clears throat> what should be straight to DVD should have been half mm -hmm. an hour you know kind of thing oh, like gotcha. it's it's obviously it's obviously stretched out it's obviously uh, pandering it's you know it's it's very much a you know something that was created because it could make money and let's figure out how to do this having said that it's not awful I mean it's and especially if you're a fan of either of these properties it's mm -hmm. fun it's f there's the here's the thing crossovers can be cheap but they're also really fun I think of the the DC Universe on the WB uh in the the or CW I can't believe I said yeah WB. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. on the C on the CW uh the Arrowverse crossovers mm -hmm. that's some of my favorite television and I only watch one of those shows but I watch all of those crossovers Crisis mm -hmm. on Infinite Earths was really fun because there's something fun about combining all these different IP properties that you love. So I get that. It's just, it's not a great movie, but it can no, still no, be no, really fun. No, great. I don't want anybody to think I'm saying it's great. No, but I no, was no, just, no. I was... I was surprised that I, and I will say I enjoyed it more. We've done a few of these. Uh, you know, we did the Justice League Dark movie, mm -hmm. and um, I did Batman. Well, Batman Master of the Phantasm was actually a theatrical film, but um, I feel like I did. I swear I to did. God, I've done an, I've done another one of well, these. Well, I know I did the Red uh, Red Mask. What, what's yeah, the, we did that Red one. Red, <laughs> Red Hood. Yeah, we did okay. that one. That's right. Um, I thought I liked this better than those two. I had more fun, let's yes. say, with this one than I did those. Which two. you have to with the turtles. Like the turtles are yeah. fun. Like you have to have more and fun. I don't know you as much to. about. You have to. I don't know to, as much guys. about the turtles, but I, that fly character, God, I loved him. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. That, that scene where, yeah, the Jeff Goldblum when he said the thing about, wait, that sounds more like a hostage scenario. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I mean, I was dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's the funniest part of the the movie. I should clarify, it's not Jeff Goldblum. It's just somebody doing a Jeff no, Goldblum it's imitation. Really not. But, yeah, um, for sure. But it's absolutely one hundred percent a Jeff Goldblum imitation. Um, so definitely. Yeah. Uh, Danae, what did you think of this video? Oh, I had so many that I wrote down. I had I had a really good time with this one. The one uh, one at a time itis mm -hmm. regarding the throwing stars. <laughs> That was yeah. just a really fun kind of play um, on that issue. Uh, the open container near electronic equipment is a huge no-no. And I learned this when I worked at the recording studio with Aaron. 
Yeah, what? And I would come in with like all these open containers of liquid and I would set them down near really expensive equipment. I'll never forget because Aaron doesn't get mad. He gets stern and he'd just look (laughs) over and be like, you probably should move that. (laughs) Did he tell you to ask everybody on the trail what they thought? (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't know what you're referencing right now. The bike ride. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) He was like, ask everybody on the trail. (laughs) Ask ask everybody that's been a partner with me before. This is important. (laughs) Ah. But it's so true. And I remember sitting the same thing when we we did a Breaking Bad because he sets his like coffee on top of like this huge vat of, I don't know, drug making equipment. So (laughs) I thought that was fun. The needlessly vague 30% sign on the store window. Yeah. It's kind of observations I love. Stuffed up his cloaca. Got a good laugh from me. Mm -hmm. Um the we'll handle the forced mantos around here, Mick, Michelangelo-est common denominator. <laughs> it's such a bad portmanteau, but it's perfect because we're trying to do a forced portmanteau. I just it really, it felt like they were trolling us for like thirty minutes of this movie. Yeah. Like no joke. I know they weren't, but they were just because I think that's very Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ass. But it was just, mm-hmm. it felt uh, very much like they were just trolling like cinema <laughs> or something. The way they were, Michelangelo, and 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 you even had the one where you had. You had Donnie take the sin for us. Yes, I wrote that one down as well. Just how well that played out, you know, because even later on, he takes the sin about the the Batcave reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so fun to kind of point it out here and then have a payoff uh, later. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I have so many more written down, but it was a lot of fun. No, I, please you know, keep telling us I how really, awesome we are. I keep really going. need to stop saying it was a lot of fun. It's it, You know how like yours was... Um, what was the one that you say all the time, Aaron, that people drank to? Uh, fascinating. fascinating. Mm-hmm. You will be smashed ass drunk for the rest of the week if you drink every time I say it was fun. I oh, just yeah. No, <laughs> mine's fun stuff. My, I, you know, like at the end of uh, every it's segment, so it's like fun stuff, fun stuff. It's so. fun stuff, fun stuff. Like we are, don't focus on it, please. But now that I said it, you're going to <laughs> just be careful. Yeah, we're humans. Let's, we have, let's we talk have. about how Aaron doesn't like Batman fans. Um, cause there's a, <laughs> there's everything in here where it's like, de- like referencing to him being a detective and mm-hmm. to, uh, to Robin being Batman's son. Uh, that was, that was, that was all Aaron. Like, you yeah. know, like, Oh fun. yeah, I guess you guys are jizzing all over the place, but <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> Speaking of jizzing all over the place, that cloud spermer, holy God, oh, you guys, that was, they kept saying that too. They said that like probably 50 times. And it's I, I'd like to be cloud cedar. I'd like to be clear. I know your writing is a narrator, anyways. You're not writing for yourself. So. No, I'd li- I'd like to be clear here. Uh, I added the word juice as well because that that covers both genders. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say you didn't have a problem with Batman fans. No, you're just talking about how you were you were supporting women as well. That's right. I'm all for raunchy gender equality here. So no, uh, I agree. I, the detective thing. I'm glad we had that in there. I think. Chris even noted that he was glad we put something in there because that is true. Like that's something that you hear all the time. Or, but he's a great detective. No, I've just noticed it recently more. with Batman stuff. Is like the fans love yeah. it when you call him a detective. And it's I know like, that's not yeah. that's not untrue. That's not uh, untrue. I think even Jeremy has said that. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the other part you mentioned, did I have it in the comment section? I'll say it anyway. I don't think I did. But there were a lot of comments on the other part of that about you know which Robin it was. 
Mm-hmm. And every single comment was like, well, duh, it's this Robin because of this. And I'm like, that was the point of my sin is that you were going to say this in the comments. Like yeah. the whole point was, yes, I know it Absolutely. gives it away which one it is, but the casual viewer doesn't know that. And you're not the casual viewer. I am. I don't know which Robin it is. Uh, and so it's it's kind of one of those things where all the comments proved my point, even though they they thought that they were disproving my point so. yeah it's like this is what we do everybody <laughs> yeah uh continue sorry i didn't mean to interrupt oh no no oh. no you're fine uh yeah there really is a limit of how much punk block kick i can take i thought that was really <laughs> uh that was really good which was very which was a very good explanation of the animated fight scenes um and then i had a lot of stuff that uh that Danae already mentioned. Uh, the roll credits moment was really funny uh, when you were talking about, like, I don't think I've ever seen a more roll credits moment that wasn't a roll credits moment, but is totally a roll credits moment or however you put that. <laughs> well, it's so true because, uh, and sometimes people just think it's, oh, when they say the name, that's roll credits. That's yeah. not actually true. It's really more about when you say the name, like it's a big deal. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I call it the prestige you know like it's, yeah. it's like when you say the name in a way that's that's like emphasized and the yeah, way and they they're like, like teenage, teenage mutant ninja yeah. turtles that is such a roll credits moment even though it's not the name of the movie so <laughs> so yeah yeah uh ninja proof notebooks uh was really great i loved that uh i loved the way uh, uh jeremy delivered you've treated my mercy carelessly and you shall now pay the mm-hmm. price <laughs> that was that was really that was fun. great um how is Leon- leonardo not getting shot right now the bullet should be at least ricocheting off his plot armor um was fun uh i would give all the sins back right now plus 300 if the demonstration involved one mr robert matthew van winkle giving us a little go ninja go ninja oh, go man. getting to say his full name is like my favorite thing ever it is great so i was glad that got kept in the way it was that's vanilla ice for those that may not know who that is but i think most people do uh, Van Winkle. Um, yeah his real name is yeah robert matthew van winkle that's, all right that's vanilla ice wow Yep. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Assuming you have the knowledge of a doctor without being one, also known as 2020, uh, really made me laugh. Uh, and then this one, this one was so fun to me because I just had this realization that I'd seen this plot before. Uh, assuming you, uh, no, it starts with, so this machine will rain down mutation on citizens, turning them all into, let's just say mutants, <laughs> which will create mm-hmm. chaos and thwart superheroes by making the whole population no longer men and women, but X-Men, but X-Men and, and women. women. I swear <laughs> yeah, I've seen I this that. plot in another movie. What was that called? What was oh it yeah. Called again? The amazing Spider-Man. Uh, because <laughs> both of so those good. movies do that. Uh, so yeah, that was, that I'm was so a really glad fun that one to you construct. pointed that one out. Cause that was in my list of ones I didn't mention because that was so good. Well, it's in it's and again, it's just true. The first X-Men movie and the Amazing Spider-Man both have this exact same plot. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's it's just crazy how that kind of stuff happens. So all right, let's move on to Murder Mystery. This was a Cher Watkins script. So Barrett and Jonathan wrote on this one. Uh what Barrett Yeah, you did. What Barrett have to say about murder mystery? What did Barrett have to say? Well, he said murder mystery is butt. <laughs> Adam Sandler phoning this shit in from a yacht in the Mediterranean. I bet he and Jennifer Anderson have at least done some heavy petting in the past. (laughs) His mustache makes me ill. I hope this helps. I will say if there is anything good to take from this movie and it's I mean, I'm struggling, but and this was the second like I, I had watched this before, sadly. So this was the second and basically third time I had seen it because I ended up having to watch it pretty much twice. But yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but um, they actually do legit have like 
chemistry kind yeah, it's of. not bad it's not bad yeah <laughs> like she plays really well off of his kind of like i don't give a shit <laughs> attitude mm-hmm. towards like every adam sandler role like she's kind of great she kind of she i don't know i feel like she plays off of that better than like say like drew barrymore who a lot of people think he does really well with i i kind of prefer him with aniston uh they feel like a couple uh you know when you're watching the movie and she actually kind of gives a good performance i was like, gonna say if anything saves yeah, this movie yeah. it's her she is i Absolutely. just i love her so much and i think you talk about them being good together and they are but i think it's primarily because she is just so believable with yeah. what she does i think she's a really good actress but i think rightfully so we point oh she's a great actress but i think rightfully so we pointed out that uh, her character is not very likable mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in parts yeah. of it because there are parts of it where you're just kind of like i mean he sucks but she's kind of being an ass too <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know it's like she's not completely she's not completely in the you know off the hook right now but uh but no yeah she's she is far and away the only thing that really works because all of the all of the uh the like the suspects or whatever they're just also over the top and i mean luke evans is fine and um you know there's actors in there that i really like all of a sudden i can't remember the main actress's name that's not jennifer aniston in the movie yeah i don't remember um, she's been in a ton of stuff too <laughs> like all this, i really like her i'll look it up um but anyways um it's not a good movie and it's really not a good movie like the second and third time you watch it when when did this come out uh 2019 it came out like okay. i want to say like spring or something on net it was netflix it was it was a netflix movie um so it's, it's, prob- it's just interesting to have for me to have just recently mm-hmm. watched just go with it oh you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah and then see this one and i'm like man it's just uh, i know that there's obviously a different plot but to see the two of them together but in a different plot it definitely has that Adam Sandler-esque, you know, Mm -hmm. style to it where the same actors kind of get together to entertain and do comedy. I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen any of his other Netflix movies all the way through. I think I've seen bits and pieces of a couple of them. This feels Mm -hmm. like it's probably the best of his Netflix movies, but I could be wrong, but. I haven't watched Adam Sandler in like Mm -hmm. a long time. Um, Yeah. I, he, he's okay to me that um, there's a couple of comedians i just don't find as funny as maybe other people do mm-hmm. and so um like will ferrell's another one for me that most people when he had that long run of comedies that were just coming out one after the mm-hmm. other after the other and it was just like i just don't find him that funny elf is the exception for me i really liked him in elf but um yeah i don't know no, I that you. i would watch this except for that i also sometimes just watch trash stuff just for fun so maybe i would have watched I, this well it is on netflix which it. is where everything you watch comes from apparently so. that's, yeah. that's where i live now. and i i watched it because i really like murder mysteries and i like murder mystery comedies when they're done well but they're normally not done well like when you watch something like knives out like it's it's unbelievable like how well they pull that off because yeah. it's not easy to pull that off it's not easy to make like investigations exciting or fun or amusing mm-hmm. and murder mystery is proof of that like because you know and, 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 and it's and that's another thing this movie is so lazy like adam sandler's freaking doing it of course it is but like like they don't even really solve the mystery they just kind of accidentally solve it like they just they they even admit that they're winging it like they have no yeah. idea who did it but they're just gonna go in there and they act like of, they do they kind of clouseau their way into it you know it's just yeah it's one of those things but Clouseau actually thinks he knows what he's doing is the difference, right? Right, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That, So that's why that works. I also, because of this last two Sins movies that are like the Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston movies, you guys point out that these are made on vacations. <laughs> and I guess I never really thought about that being a thing. 
but it seems to be a thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, some, some he's, he's admitted yeah. it. I think he's admitted oh, that. Totally. Like, I think he he's fought out because Grown Ups Two was totally made because he wanted to go to Hawaii or yep. wherever they went. Um, he he I flat mean, out it, said that. It kind of makes sense in a way, sure. I guess. You know, because you obviously are a movie maker and you want to go to cool places so why not couple it with you know family kind of thing so i guess i get it 100 yeah. percent more power to them i look people people do enjoy it they do well mm-hmm. like it's you know that, yeah exactly he has an audience right. the audience just may not be the three of us but he has an audience and yeah you know, more all power, power to, to him, him. Yep. yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah so that was that was kind of fun to like oh hey here it is happening again this is a theme this does happen yeah i just whenever i think barrett pointed it out uh in the just go with it i think i wrote with barrett mm-hmm. anyways the person that i wrote with on just uh just go with it pointed it out and then to see it here it was just kind of like oh this is this is okay. <laughs> oh yeah that's true because barrett worked on both of this so we had like mutual like yeah barrett did all the like the buttoned up and stuff yes, like that the, the button stuff that again it... <laughs> that's right <laughs> and uh... then you sent that picture in slack the other day where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just that random picture it's like he's, he does not button his shirt had you uh-huh. seen this before aaron had you already watched this yeah i watched okay. this um, I, again, primarily because I like murder mysteries, yeah. uh, and I like Jennifer Aniston. And so, um, speaking of which, what did I recently, oh, were the Millers I recently rewatched. Um, that is a funny movie. That is, she's great in that. Um, anyhow, that's, that's the, the one where she is, is that Jason With Sudeikis? Sudeikis? Yeah. Yes. That movie is, that movie is quite a, that movie has a really fun cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's one of those things where Sandler movies anymore don't necessarily appeal to me, but if there's a hook or another actor in there that I want to mm-hmm. see, I'll throw them on. They're, they're very casual. Oh. Uh, entertainment for me. Low expectations. Low expectations. And I believe, yeah. I believe they're making Murder Mystery 2. I will absolutely watch that because sure. I just, if it's a murder mystery, um, I'm watching. Sure. Um, I, mean, I watch Hallmark murder mystery movies. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> uh, let's get into the video itself. Uh, I will mention, I'll go first. Uh, why are they in the women's restroom uh, was a good sin. I liked that. Uh, <laughs> we, the- we both had sins about that, actually, which is oh, really nice. funny. Nice. Uh, gymnast acrobats in those tiny buttholes from downsizing really made me laugh. <laughs> uh, I read that. Barrett wrote that. I read that one like two different ways when I was reviewing the script. I was like, wait, does he mean actually tiny? You know, because it goes, it works either way. It does work either uh, way. I haven't seen downsizing either, so that's why I had to question it. Oh, man. Speak, talk about a disappointing movie. Um, probably probably deserved that poison dart to the throat for being terrible at charades. Uh, <laughs> that whole concept just made me laugh. Uh, and then I had to give a shout out to the, I think you mean to say it makes sins instead of it makes sense. Uh, yeah, that, that was my favorite. That made me smile as well. Uh, what about you, Danae? I wrote down many of those. Um, the We already talked about the buttoning thing, so I'm glad that kind of made it back around again. Uh, the also, wow, look at how much Adam got into his character. He looks nothing like his roles from blah, 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 blah. He has a mustache. Yeah. It was really funny. Uh, the sternum stab was interesting because, and I don't know if, I don't know if the guys um, understood, but in Slack, I just randomly wrote to Barrett and Jonathan that I had a dream once that I killed somebody mm-hmm. by stabbing them through the sternum. <laughs> And I, and it's the only time I've ever killed someone in my dream, and it was it was absolutely terrifying. Um, because the sin is like, how do you stab somebody through the sternum? Like, and I in my dream, like actually felt the resistance of the sternum, the crunching noise. Um, it was very traumatic. 
I I killed some I, I killed a witch with a um iron hot poker that it was from a set from the fireplace in order to save the world because she was chanting a chant that if she completed would kill everybody and I was the only one that could save everyone so, so I sacrificed my innocence by murdering someone so they do stab, so they do die from sternum stabs is what you're saying so Barrett was wrong well at least in this <laughs> dream it was very difficult to do, but I did succeed in saving everyone, and it this, was difficult. Uh, this is why I'm glad we always have two writers, though, because like this was a scene that like did not phase me. Like I didn't think anything of it. They stabbed a guy, he died, but then Barrett is 100% right. You know everything he brings up, and he's very like he's very passionate about it too. You know, like like how wait how did they stab him, and like you know how did they get it through there, and would that even kill him? And it would be difficult. You know. And I was like, you guys didn't even bring it up in Slack. I was just like, by the way, guys, I had a dream once that. I I stabbed somebody we in the didn't. sternum and there was never a comment that. made oh. afterwards <laughs> I was like okay we're gonna avoid that one maybe i envisioned a conversation that didn't happen point of order danae point of order um if somebody is chanting something and mm -hmm. it's going to you know destroy the world if they finish their chant right i'm gonna think you go with strangling like instead of stabbing like stabbing like they could have a few more minutes to keep chanting like if you're strangling you're actually stopping the problem and killing them so listen there's only so much of my dreams I can be in control of. <laughs> Why didn't you like pull her tongue out and right. cut it yes. off? Yes. Right. Like right. eat it in with front a of her. butter knife yeah. and then eat it. I I was a uh, it's it's an interesting thing. I was at this um outdoor or I was at this uh camp when I had this dream and it was uh this land that was owned by actual people who like were Wiccan or they were agnostic. There's just a, a group of mm -hmm. very various uh, people who mostly just worshipped the earth and not like a god. Or they worshipped gods and goddesses of like lore. Anyway, it's an interesting part of my history of me going and visiting this place. There's reasons that I went there. But I this was the last time that I went because when I woke up from that dream, it was so real and so terrifying. I was like, I don't know what that means, but I think maybe I'm not ever coming back here again. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it was so scary. Anyway. Any other things from the video you wanted to mention? No, that just traumatized me enough that I stopped right. watching it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, it didn't. I, I didn't so have Danae was about to live like uh, a midsummer. <laughs> like she was about to be the maid. That's queen. right. That's Oof. right. Yeah. And then yeah. her boyfriend at the time was going to get put in a bear suit and yeah. burned alive. <laughs> oh, sorry. Spoilers for midsummer, by the way. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Maybe that's barely two years old. Uh, I get it. Barely. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, mm -hmm. those are my dogs. Mm -hmm. Those are my. Mm -hmm.
talk. Wow. Is this how Aaron feels? When we're. Okay. We're going to try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. Uh, on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're each going to uh, tell a story from putting together the content for the week. Maybe a Google search, some strange research, a traumatic dream, whatever the case may be. <laughs> um, let's start with, well, I since I mentioned mine, why don't we start with mine? Uh, you mentioned the sin about reformed rockers. And this is basically uh, just a joke, a wordplay joke on the word reformed. Because obviously they meant it for like a band to reform and but they you were said, discussing you were meant you were talking about like getting like going becoming sober or right yes or finding gotcha. religion or something like yes. that and so yes dave mustaine of megadeth uh famously became a christian later in his career um and continues to be but i did i did a like research for that sin on who are some of the more famous examples of that because it's kind of a common trope with rockers mm -hmm. that they find religion later in their career for whatever reason um but yeah alice cooper um lou graham of foreigner mark farner of grand funk railroad uh jonathan kane of journey um so yeah there's uh brian welch was a more recent one of corn who kind of had one of those those things. What's interesting, if you go read these experiences that they have, they're all very different. And it's just, a, it's it's a real interesting look into how we all process the mystery around us. And many of them are like, yeah, I found God. That doesn't mean I stopped doing these things that I do. It just has to do with how I see the world. And others are like, it completely changed who I am. And now I don't drink and don't swear and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then others are like, you know, Dylan, who was a Christian for two years and then was like, no, nah, I think I'm a Jew again, you know? So like it's everybody has these journeys that they take through what they believe. And I don't know. I find that stuff really interesting. Yeah. Alice, Alice Cooper's life is super interesting. I still remember when um, he I guess he was speaking about um, finding God or, or, or just getting, you know, whatever, whatever it is in the mid 90s. And he released this album called The Last Temptation. And they actually sold that at uh, Christian music stores. Yeah. And it's not a Christian album at no. all. But uh, I thought that I always remember finding that really interesting because I'm a huge Alice Cooper fan. Uh, but yeah, he's been sober and uh, since like the early 80s or something, I believe. I don't know. You might know more than I do if you did the research. But um, I did. I found a really great article on on like yeah. all these stories. And um, yeah, it's Alice Cooper says well, at the peak of his career, Cooper depended on alcohol so heavily that it nearly ended mm -hmm. him. Uh, it wasn't until he was sober that he once again reconnected with his Christian faith because I think he grew up uh, as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, as for his shock rock persona, Alice is still Alice. He says, there's nothing in Christianity that says I can't be a rock star. People have a very warped view of Christianity. They think it's all very precise and we never do wrong and we're praying all day and we're right wing. It has nothing to do with that. 
Um, so like I said, like everybody kind of has this different way yeah. they're wrestling with what they believe. And I just love that yeah, stuff. He's still, well, pre Corona, you know, he was still doing like, you know, hundreds of tour dates mm-hmm. every year. He's like what, well in his sixties, I guess yeah. at this point. And, you know, people are always like, how does he do it? And I'm like, cause he's healthy. Cause like, yeah. you know, he's not doing drugs and he's not drinking and he's actually eating right and exercising, you know, right. it's like, God, I hope I'm that healthy when I'm like, it's crazy. Some but, others, uh, uh, Nico McBrain of Iron Maiden. Uh, is another yeah, one. That's listed. Yeah, I knew about that. Uh, Little Richard is mentioned. Dan Spitz of Anthrax. Uh, Carrie Livgren of Kansas. Uh, Ringo Starr uh, of a band called The Beatles. I haven't really heard of them. Uh, <laughs> and and again, another more recent one. Kanye West, you know, has talked about what well, he believes in his conversion he's recently. Jesus, and right? Or what is it? <laughs> What's what's that? What did you say? Isn't he Yeezus or something? Like didn't <laughs> yes. he didn't he do some album or like yeah? Um, he put the Y in there. Um, but yeah, no. When you first wrote that, when I first read that, when I first saw the sin, though, because you're making a play on what they're saying, they're talking about a band reforming. Right. The first thing I thought of was like, are you saying like they aren't doing anything anymore? Because I was like, wait, Alice Cooper yeah. tours every year. Like, wait. Yeah. so then, but then I realized what you were doing, and I was like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Yep. And uh, love to give all give a shout out there at the end to all my. Uh, my fellow church sound workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that was fun. What's uh, that? At the end of that sin where I'm like, oh, and also oh, the yeah, guy yeah. that pretends like he's loving running sound at your church every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just like a thank? Is that just kind of a thankless job? Is that what you're? I mean, it's just a. It's it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you've used a soundboard before. (laughs) You be in control of the how the worship team sounds, uh, kind of thing. So, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Uh, What about you guys? What's uh, what's your keeping tab? What you got today? There was a sin on Phineas and Ferb that I let's see. Um, we've learned some alarming information, and the sin is that when considering landmass, the commonly used imagery of our world map is a lie. So true. And I yeah, really... I remember shadowing that. I remember remember viewing that one really well, and uh, <laughs> I had yeah, notes and thoughts. Uh, just to, if you, I don't know if it's going to jog your memory, but on this one was the one where you're like, I read, you said, I went over the script several times, couldn't find any reason to cut anything. So here's some, I uh, do. here's some commas you should add. <laughs> I do. I do remember this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so I found this really great article on geoawesomeness.com slash best map projection. There's some dashes in there too, but basically it was a really, really cool, um, quick example of why the map of our world is so difficult to, to actually create. Um, I saw this kind of come across my social feeds when talking about the Gall Peters map. Um, there was this ex-teacher who was kind of teaching her grandchild, I think, about how inaccurate the map is because it has like Europe as sort of the center, the largest, and it really isn't, and how that plays into world power and perception and even like other, you know, world domination type stuff. And so the imagery of being larger is actually false. And so that was kind of my quick reference to remind me that something was about the map. But then this article was really cool. So it basically says that there's there, the orange peel problem, which is essentially like, try as you might, you cannot flatten an orange peel without tearing, squashing, or stretching it. Mm-hmm. So likewise, the cartographers, when they try to flatten the earth for a map, there's a, there's a distortion coming on. And there are several different 
styles of map. Um, and this article goes over the pros and cons of each. The the Mercator one, sailors love because it preserves angles and directions in small area, but it's bad for understanding the real size and shape. The Galpeters um, is the only area correct map of its time, but it uh, has... I guess galled the cartographer community in the 1980s. So there's a it it, it looks really warped when you look at it because right it has to, it has correct. to warp you you have to warp one thing to make the other mm-hmm. correct. So if you want the area yep. correct, you have to warp the uh, angles and in, in um and uh, directions. So yeah. yeah. So like the Robinson map shows the entire world at once, but it compromises the area and angles, especially in the poles. The Winkle triple map. That's my favorite. <laughs> the, it has a reasonably accurate shape and size of countries, but the land masses closer to the poles are still enlarged. Uh, and then there's one called the Authograph, which is super freaking cool looking. Highly recommend you look uh, it up. A-U-T-H-A-G-R-A-P-H. Um, it's hands down the most accurate map projection in existence. It... Uh, it is so it is proportionally perfect that it actually can fold into a three-dimensional globe when you fold mm. it. Created by a Japanese architect uh, named Hashime Narukawa, uh, invented the project in 1999 by equally dividing a spherical surface into 96 triangles, which were then Jeez. projected onto a tetrahedron, which not only helped maintain the proportions of land and water, but also helped to unfold the map into a perfect flat rectangle. Uh, Narukawa, however, ins- insists that if the map is refined a step further to increase the number of subdivisions, its accuracy will improve even more. Um, it's won awards. It is the most accurate one. And the only con that this article referenced is that the Arctic Circle gets somewhat squashed. Uh, but it is the most accurate. And it's really interesting, too, because as it's laid out in a rectangle shape, um, the continents almost look like a smile kind of splashed across its surface because it huh. curves instead of looking at it where it's like, you know, like almost like you're reading the map left mm-hmm. to right. This one has a nice curve to it. So where it presents, you know, um, in the upper left hand corner is like Africa, then it kind of smiles down through. And then uh, the upper right-hand corner has the tip of almost South America. So it's really interesting to look at. And I I don't know, that was a kind of a fun That's little really cool. bunny trail that I found. I wonder how many people even really look at maps anymore, you know, other than outside yeah. of like very specific jobs. It definitely, um, was, it definitely impacts the way you see the world. And if you don't, yeah. if you don't believe that, ask a few people how many states would fit into Australia. Um, because you, you'll get various answers be like, you know, maybe Texas, maybe, you know, uh, Ohio, Michigan, like that, you know, upper Midwest area or whatever. The answer is all 48 continental United States. Uh, it is the same. Australia is the same size as the United States of America continental. Uh, yeah. And, and then when you're looking at the U S compared to like Africa or something, we're just, we're just so tiny, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it is, it's really nice. I think gives, it gives a strong perspective on, uh, yeah, our place in the world. And that's, I'm glad you said that, Aaron, because I think that was what was so fascinating for me is um, when you see yourself on a map or you see where you live on a map and then you realize just how small we are compared to our globe. Uh, and like for me, honestly, it was a nice little just mental breather. Like, man, there's so much more happening in the world right now. Like, let me just take a minute and be really thankful for my little bubble that I have here of like at, at like the life that I live, the people that are around me that are truly good people. Like 
look how small I am. Like this map is massive. <laughs> so yeah. it's I don't know. It was really cool. Uh, kind of like one of those moments. And I wasn't even on drugs. It's just I was having a moment. <laughs> just, I was just on a map. I wasn't even on drugs. On map, man. Uh, I'm the map. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, did you go yet? No. Jonathan, what's your uh, keeping tab? Would you like me? Would you like me to talk about yeah. things? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, the, I, mine's really quick. Um, I uh, I I uh, researched items that uh, memorabilia items in the Batcave. Uh, oh yes, that was fun. There was a scene where they showed that Penny and the T Rex, which is like the there is a Joker playing card, and you do see that later in the movie, but you don't see it in that scene. But it just seems like you always see that T Rex and that um, and that Penny. And I couldn't remember exactly where that stuff came from, so I did some research, and so the the T Rex came from an adventure that Batman had on Dinosaur Island, which was in Batman 35. And then the penny came from the misadventures with Penny the Plunderer in World's Finest Comics number 30. So I was just I was just pointing out that like, like you know, all that was like 1947 was like the latest. And I was like, did he just, you know, quit collecting shit? But then I did actually look up some stuff. There are some other things that have been in there over the years, like different artists have done and stuff. There's the oversized playing card. The penny itself has changed uh, origins um, eventually because nobody knows who Penny the Plunderer is anymore. Eventually, a lot of people started writing that it was a Two-Face coin, mm. um, which really doesn't make a whole lot of sense because Two-Face has a quarter. But he has actually also had a Two-Face coin in there. Uh, Deathstroke sword was in there at one point. A shroud of a vampiric monk. Mm. Oversized ten pens. And a glass case display of Jason Todd's uh, Robin costume. And uh, for Aaron, that is Jason Todd. That was uh, <laughs> the Robin that was killed. I know uh, more than you Joker. probably would think, but I. But <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still sure you casual, know a ton. I've never read the you, comics, but no, I, I know. But you've seen the. Yeah, I know it through like pop culture osmosis kind of thing. And then in Flashpoint, which was a which was a big thing in the DC Comics universe, they're actually making a Flashpoint movie. Uh, there was a letter written from an alternate universe as Thomas Wayne, Bruce's father, which was eventually stolen by our favorite uh, Aaron Eobard Thawne. Mm -hmm. uh, or, mm -hmm. Is it Thawne? Is that how they say it? Yes. On on the Flash. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just did a little information. Just was looking up all that stuff because it's a different Flash. Danae, that's I a know. different Flash. I know, I know. What was, she, what was that? She was I was doing Flash Queen. Gordon. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, Queen? Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, the one, greatest soundtracks ever. One more story I have to tell you in Keeping Tabs, uh, because it's just one of those things that I want to share, but uh, there's a pizza party at the end of Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles, of course, uh, <laughs> oh because God, why wouldn't there be, yeah. you know? Uh, good day's work deserves a pizza party. By but, the way, watching those turtles eat pizza was very gross. I just want to throw that out there. Yes, yes. Uh, never eat pizza with me. I will gross you out. <laughs> um, but they, th Batman has this ominous thing where he's like, "I have one more thing I have to tell you." Oh my god, or whatever, right? And uh, <laughs> and the, everybody's looking like, "What's it going to be?" And he says, "He says it's pizza time." Now that's hilarious enough as it is, right? And he steps out of the way, and there's pizzas. If you know anything about my sto my story, uh, I have a heart condition that they're still trying to figure out where I have died a couple of times. My heart has stopped. The second time my heart stopped, I had just brought in pizza uh, for my family and some friends. I turned around and said, it's pizza time, and then oh, died. No. 
And so it's been a joke that in my family, the phrase it's pizza time was like a trigger phrase. So that like anytime anybody- Like the winter soldier? Yes, yes, exactly. And like, because I said it's pizza time, I triggered my phrase and I died. Uh, So that's kind of been a joke, uh, you know, a little gallows humor in the Dicer house. But uh, in, so I sent this, I recorded this part of, with my phone, this part of the movie of him being like, one more thing before you go. It's pizza time. And I just I just it's sent so that ridiculous. <laughs> I sent that to my family and they loved it and my my oldest son's first response was I'm dead. And I thought that was oh, so God. funny. Uh, so anyways, I, mean, I just you know, to share that story. It's really nice that you guys can talk about that though. I think that's yeah. healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, really, it's really it's healthy. easier when everything's okay, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, that is that's kind of a Manchurian candidate kind of thing, right? <laughs> yes, like that's exactly. that's like what that's like that's what triggers you. But at least you don't become an assassin. That's right. I mean, that's right. It's a m- mozzarella candidate or something. Yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to take a look at uh, some comments from this week's content, or maybe only I am, because both <laughs> Danae and, and Jonathan have, have oh, thrown no, a actually, few out there. This is the week we start like two hours late. I have like thirty comments. Or <laughs> no. Something. Like I know. <laughs> well, well, technically, I can, we didn't start we, two hours late. No, no, we, just we did talked not. for a long time. Well, I mean, we started actually the show proper, but no, I can. Uh, I, we've talked about a lot of the things that I had comments on. That's why I had several because. I had a feeling we were going to be talking about yeah. some of this. Danae, stuff. did you you did use all yours, so you don't have any for this segment? Is that correct? Yeah, I didn't put any in there because I talked about others okay. from the sure. um, from them. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you kind of run through yours, and I'll run through mine. I have a couple as well. So, well, first off, on the um, BTS video, uh, Nathan Riley said, "Behind the Sins is the best podcast." Yeah. I didn't know how not to include that. Of which course, I thought was really of funny. course, thank you. Um, and then the only other one I had was, um, that we haven't really, I think, I think every other one we've kind of gone over. Oh, I thought this was really, really funny. Um, on Batman versus TMNT, uh, sweet chicken, sir, brought up, still not sure why the turtles need to wear masks. What identity are you trying to protect? The fact that you're one of four mutant turtles. (laughs) And I've actually never thought about that. That's a good point. They have, they literally have no identity to protect. Yeah. No. No, I uh, I I <laughs> love that just, comment just... as well. I had that in mind too, and it, it's it's certainly story purpose. You know, they have different colored masks, yeah. so you know which one is which. And uh, you know, ninjas do <laughs> yeah. wear masks, but you know, you're not trying to protect your identity. Uh, in that's any hilarious. Way, so. I was glad. I was actually I was glad they had the different colored masks because that's how I figured out who was who. Because yeah. <laughs> like I had to I had to look that up, yes, like who wears which mask because I don't know them well enough to know that. So. Me either. Me either. And we had to we called them by their names and you know do plays on their names and stuff so i like i had to have some way to know yeah so yeah for go. sure uh here's a couple i'll mention uh this one is from the boys video fashionable changeling says butcher knew that he wasn't speaking french the saying pardon my french is a british <laughs> saying meaning excuse my swearing don't ask why uh i won't ask why uh i will however say i thought and i could be wrong because he wasn't he or she was not the only one to say this 
I thought that was a common enough phrase that everybody knew what it meant, and that's the joke. Mm-hmm. The joke is that yeah, the narrator exactly. would be so stupid that he wouldn't know what that means. Uh, so uh, sometimes I find it interesting because there's enough comments where I'm like, hmm, maybe that's uh, a phrase that people don't well, know. It's one of those things like that kind of falls under the dogs don't talk to me. Uh, Barrett and I actually <laughs> right. had a conversation about yes. this because there's the one we just wrote a script for um, that – I had a really obvious sin in there and he almost deleted it. But then he was like, wait, no, actually, I think that's going to work because it is so obvious. Like, yeah, that's why I wrote it, you know, like because it's just one of those things where you're just like, this doesn't work, you know. And I would like to uh, thank Danae for what is now the running sin of and you know it, uh, which I will (laughs) which I will use again for sure. Uh, Rory says on I think this is the boys as well. Um, this is the uh, ineffective Congress sin, where it's like say the same thing twice. Yeah. You know, red yeah. rojo, uh, blue blau, or no, maybe it was the no, it's the Batman one because it's a um, no, 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 it is the boys, the noir or whatever. Uh, anyhow, yeah, you know, it was the black black noir, black noir. You were making fun yeah. of that name, which is and, yeah. ridiculous. And Rory says uh, blue blau. You said was that a Catalan reference? Did Aaron just speak Catalan in cinema sins content? I can't believe it. I would never have expected you guys to have awareness of the language of my tiny fairly unknown country a million thanks uh Uh-oh. i would love to say it was a catalan reference Uh-oh. it is however also blue in german it's a it was a german reference first but uh but you have the Aww. same word for blue as uh you could have just told him yes i Dude, know except that would be heart. dishonest it would have been dishonest <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you're gonna oh, tell wait, this kid okay. santa claus take doesn't two. exist take two. okay Take two. This is, you know what? Hey, Aaron, I'm going to call this. This is this moment's called the bike trail moment. <laughs> <laughs> listen, you just ask other people to listen to this podcast. All right, I'm honest. Um, so yeah, no, it's uh, it is uh, German and Catalan, and I was thinking Catalan because that's you know oh, the you country go. I yeah, love. I, mean, I was the one thinking German. Sorry, I wanted to shout that's out. How you do it. Uh, and then Jared says medieval on his hiney. Is that a weird Al reference? I spot. Yes, indeed, it is. It is a weird Al reference and specific. What is that from? Speci- that's from um, Gangsters Paradise, uh, Amish Paradise. I couldn't remember if it was that or White and Nerdy. It's Amish Paradise. Uh, almost yeah, sure right. of it. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. I-, I can picture it now. And I would also say it is a specific Weird Al reference because of his connection to this universe. Uh, he is in the mm-hmm. Phineas and Ferb universe and even more involved in the next show, which is Milo Murphy's Law, where he's one of the main voices. Uh, so so it was definitely a connection there. So I want to let you know cool. that. All right, let's move on to Beyond the Sins. To infinity. And beyond! Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're each going to chat about something else from the world of pop culture that uh, you've seen recently. Who would like to start us off? Which of you two would like to, to kick us off? Danae. I will. Go first. Um, I have a podcast to recommend called Reply All. Probably... It's a, it's a popular podcast, so you may already know about it. Um, but I really enjoy the... Uh, back and forth banter and laughter that these guys have. Um, it's from the, I think, Gimlet Network. I think Gimlet is a network. Uh, yeah, that's um, um, sounds right. No, that's a uh, that's um, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's network, isn't it? Gimlet Media. I don't know for sure, Aaron, but they have quite a few, and I've I've not listened to any. This is actually a recommendation from Amelia, who we work with um, regularly. So shout out to Amelia! This is so fun. The guy's laughter is really—you know—that there's some people's laughs that you just like—they brighten your spirit. 
Uh, and I kind of found that happening to me. She actually recommended like a particular episode for me to start with. And then before I knew it, I had listened to four episodes. And here is the description of the podcast um, from The Guardian, a podcast about the internet that is actually an unfailingly original exploration of modern life and how to survive it. And I thought that kind of summed it up well enough. Uh, these are the episodes that I, I listened to several, but the ones that I'll recommend is, for example, number 53 in the desert, um, where strangers keep coming to this particular house because uh, and claiming that when they triangulated the location of their stolen cell phone, that it pointed to their house. And this happened over and over and over again. And so it's kind of they're trying to figure out like what happened and, and what that was about. Nice. So that was a really fun episode because it was kind of like a little mystery um, that had a nice Neat. resolution. They're not all mysteries by any means, but then the other one that I was looking at is number 158, The Case of the Missing Hit. Um, this one was really, uh, like, I could not stop listening. I actually went and hid in my closet to, to get away from my kid and my husband so that I could just finish the last five minutes of the episode. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta I gotta poop. Be right back. I just went and look. I hid myself away. Um, I gotta go find in- candy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. A man in California is haunted by the memory of a pop song from his youth. He can remember the lyrics and the melody, but the song itself he has vanished. He can't find it anywhere. He has completely scrubbed the internet. And so one of the hosts, uh, PJ, takes on this mystery. And just how this whole thing plays out is aces well done and nice. a really fun listen. Um, but then they do this They do this segment where it's called Yes. I think it's like Yes, No, Yes or Yes, 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 no, something like that. And essentially they, they bring in their producer and they bring up like a tweet or something that's happening in our internet culture. Uh, they've been tweets so far, so I'm assuming it's always tweets. And they read the tweet and they say, do you understand these references? And the producer's like, nope, I don't understand. So then they talk about it and they kind of go down every bunny trail until all of the references and things that are mentioned make sense to everyone. So that's kind of, I think, where the idea of like hmm. it's an exploration of the internet comes in. Um the one that I would recommend listening to is episode 51, the perfect or called Perfect Crime. Uh, this starts off with a story about uh, a Broadway show, but then they go into this epic yes, yes, no, that spans the quote unquote galaxy of Internet fights, um, which is where my question that you'll hear in the outtakes comes from with the whole leg washing thing. Um, so there's this one particular moment in the leg washing conversation that had me crying. I was laughing so hard and that's really the moment when you can hear these guys um and their friendship and their cool like vibe back and forth together that makes reply all a really addictive podcast so if you're going to do any of the three i just mentioned number 51 perfect crime is where i would start from august 27th of this year super super fun and it kind of gives you like i said a little uh, idea of what the show is all about i will uh, uh let me let me correct myself this is definitely i was very wrong um oh, okay pushkin is uh malcolm gladwell's podcast network uh gimlet media is the you may remember the podcast called startup uh where they would talk about you know different people trying to start businesses that kind of thing alex 
Bloomberg is is the guy uh, who did that, and then it expanded from there till they got bought spot, uh, bought by Spotify uh, last year, and uh, Spotify bought Gimlet for two hundred and thirty million dollars. So, um, just just as an my aside, my. that has to do with nothing. Um, I, I do own a podcast network. If anybody at Spotify is listening, and uh, you know would like, that's to what offer, I was going to say. You know, a few, <laughs> a few million. I don't even need two hundred thirty million. Uh, Danae and I will take what twenty three million. What do you yeah, think? 20, sure. 23,000. <laughs> yeah. um, Sold. I will I will say there's something about like, you know, like our podcast, I feel like it's uh, like we don't do a lot of production, you know, like investigative reporting mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that. You know, we're like a personality driven podcast. This one has that kind of a blend of of personality drivenness, but then also it, it is produced, especially when they're doing like investigation work. Yeah, they like call those the, uh, the narrative song. narrative podcasts where they do narrative. more yeah, with yeah, the yeah. editing and you know, create a story. I would like mm-hmm. to tell you, I researched for an entire 30 minutes about the Batcave. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, that's true. That's true. But if we had gone out and talked to like five people in the industry yeah. and then like edited it down into part of our show, you know, so so it, I don't know, this show, this podcast has kind of a blend of what I love and then also That's like neat. a little bit of radio lab style mm-hmm. which makes sense because uh is it day i'm gonna mispronounce uh damiano damiano marchetti i don't know i'm looking at it right now as a producer on reply all and um, before gimlet he worked on other stories at radio lab and planet money so the people who are involved in this definitely have a lot of experience and you can hear Neat. it it's really it's yeah. a really fun uh, Bloomberg, sounds cool Bloomberg co-founded planet money as well and uh started as a uh, producer on this american life which is where a lot of these narrative style podcasts kind of find mm-hmm. their genesis right. um yeah so but it but so, it has that fun thing where you know, they do this fun segment, the yes, yes, no. It's just such a good concept of going, mm-hmm. okay, do we understand this reference? And then just sort of fearlessly having a conversation about where it comes from, whether it's like a weird TikTok reference and you're learning about some TikTok kid who mm-hmm. like vanished and then, you know, tried to come back. Like there's just fun things that I'm kind of listening to. Nice. So anyway, again, called, called Reply All. Reply All. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, why don't you go next? Um, I'll talk about Lovecraft Country. I've, I've, uh, we're three weeks into this series. It's the new HBO series for people that don't know. It's the, the new Sunday night HBO series, I guess. Uh, it was the one after Perry Mason ended a few weeks ago. And um, I still honestly don't know <laughs> what I think of this show. <laughs> Have you been watching it? I, I am not interested in this show in the slightest. Uh, and I don't know why. I cannot tell you a reason why other than I am just not interested. And I haven't heard anything from the people I trust on pop culture stuff that watch it that interests me. Uh, all the stuff this they is... talk about that's interesting to them is not interesting mm-hmm. to me. And the stuff it... that they say is bad about it would annoy me. So <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I'm not. Interesting. I don't I don't know that there's anything really bad about it. I think the thing is, is that it, it it's going to really depend on how the season goes, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's one of those shows that's very dependent on, like, I just, I don't know exactly where it's headed. So... It could it could keep getting better. Like I I like I would say right now it's a good show. Like it's a very interesting show. Like I'm definitely all on. I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to know where it goes. I just don't know that I can honestly say it's a great show or necess- I I can say it's a good show currently. It might become a great show. Um, it could go the other way though, but it, it's essentially, um, it's got a really good cast. Um, Jonathan majors from, uh, he was most recently into five bloods. 
Um, I have not seen, I think it's called Last Black Man in San Francisco, which yeah. I sadly have not seen. It's really good. But I know, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's amazing. I mean, it's on my list of things to watch. And I really like him, so I'm probably going to watch it sooner rather than later. Jonathan, but, you uh, should he, do what I do and you make a list, but you never actually go back. Yeah, and that weight doesn't yeah. weigh you down, you know? You just <laughs> I, know I that to, it's out there somewhere. I need I need to do that. Um, <laughs> I wish, I, I, need to, I need to learn how to do that. I need to be taught by Danae uh, the ways. But he plays a character that is looking for his father. His father has gone missing. Um, and so he teams up basically. Uh, it's uh, his his uncle played by Courtney B. Vance, uh, which, um, I mean, he's been in like a lot of stuff. Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, American Crime Story, he played... Um, Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran, yes. So anyways, yeah. So he so Courtney B. Vance played Johnny Cochran um, on American Crime Story. And then also... Um, uh, Jer- I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm going to say Journey Smollett. Um, she was in Birds of Prey. Yeah. I always uh, thought it was played- Journey Smollett, but... Journey Smollett. Let's do that. She okay. played a, a Black Canary, I believe, mm-hmm. in, yep. in Birds of Prey. Yeah. I like her. Yeah, she's great. A ton. Oh, my God. And she's so good on this show. But anyway, so, they, so, they, so this takes place in the 1950s. And so these are three uh, um, Black characters... Uh, traveling in, I'm, I think they're in the South um, in the 1950s. So this show really gets in. It deals with um, it. Deal, this is the part I think you would like, Aaron. For it sure. deals with it deals with racism. Is this the part that people you've heard have said is bad I, though? Well, I've heard that it that it deals with racism, but it's also so confusing that it doesn't service its message well. That it that okay. it that it's that it gets lost and becomes such a mess so quickly that there's there's nothing interesting that lands with that. That's what I've heard. I could be complete. I haven't seen it. Interesting. So I no, wrong. I don't. I don't know. I, I definitely. I would not say that. I there's um there's some really interesting things that happen. Now it it is it is more definitely. I would say that's not the show's main concern. I mean, it's definitely like I guess you'd call it a thriller. I mean, it's it's got some horror elements because there are monsters. Um, it's called Lovecraft Country. So anybody knows who H.P. Lovecraft is, there are uh, Lovecraftian monsters involved in this. And that that ties into the storyline in a really interesting way, too, because um, Jonathan Major's father is a is a is a literary guy. And um, so Jonathan Majors grew up reading all these different authors and stuff. And so that kind of ties into everything. And it and like I said, it deals with racism in really interesting ways. And, you know, they're on this journey to get to this place. And in the first episode, um, I learned about what a sundown town was, which I never even knew that was a thing. Um, or I didn't remember if it was. And there is one of the coolest suspense scenes. I mean, this is like Hitchcock levels of suspense where they're trying to get out of town before the sun goes down. And it's just, it's it's such a well just shot sequence. Like I was legit like on the edge of my seat, like, oh my God, <laughs> like what is going to happen here? And yeah. um, so there's stuff like that in it. But then also there's the, the monster stuff doesn't interest me as much yet um be and i don't really know why uh but mainly because i think that stuff interested me so much and then all of a sudden now they're having to like team up with these uh people that were trying to kill them because now they've got these monsters to deal with and then after that's over it goes into a completely different territory i mean like all i will say this all three episodes have gone nowhere near where i thought they would go i mean you just it keeps you on your toes you never know where the story's headed i did not read the book the book is written by matt ruff i have heard 
wildly, vastly different opinions on the book. I think I'm glad I haven't read it, though, because like I said, I think maybe that's why uh, the the show is intriguing me more because I really don't know where it's going. Um, so it's a it's a recommend based on what I've seen so far. Um, but it's but at the same time, like. I don't really know what I think of it yet, if that makes sense. Um, sure. But I just I just know I'm interested enough to keep watching. Um, yeah, I, I think my general uh, take has been I haven't heard anything that makes me feel like I have to watch it right away. And so I'm just I'm going to let other people kind of experience it. Yeah. And and then, you know, if it, if it becomes something really special, yeah, I'm, I'll go back to it. But for me, just... for me you know, I'll, I'll let you know, for me, knowing you what you like, I don't think the horror elements are going to turn you off. Okay. If you're concerned about that, I don't think that would be an issue. Okay. Because I mean, and I'm not saying it's not a horror series. I believe it probably is, but there's so much. There's just so. There's so much. In, there's just so much. There's a lot of genres. But it's uh, not. Kind it's of, not uh, American Horror Story. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely not. No. Right. No. Yeah. That's what no. I nothing. Nothing. Nothing like that. I'm. I'm trying to even think of what to. I, there's nothing to compare it to, really. Which it's is a, a really good sign. interesting. That's a good yeah, sign. Yeah. There's a really interesting voice behind it. But I've heard. I've heard people say the novel is amazing, and then I've heard people say it's one of the worst things they've ever read. So it's crazy. Like you're saying, it's just. It's all over the map. Yeah. But um, I love the cast. Um, I like the weirdness of it, and um, I'm really curious to see where it goes. So that's kind of my my take on it that's what i've been watching the last uh, week so lovecraft country on hbo we will uh, stay on hbo uh, where i watched a documentary called class action part uh, this is a documentary film that hbo has released and if you've got hbo max you can check it out uh it is about an actual theme park in new jersey that started in the late 70s called action park oh this is what um what's his name made a movie about right or kind of like a fictional yes. version of it yes uh, johnny, knoxville. johnny knoxville yes the johnny knoxville i have uh, not seen the movie but i remember the trailers and yeah stuff. film is based on this idea and you watch a movie like that and you go haha isn't it funny how they made it seem like you could get away with all this stuff and have <laughs> an actual dangerous place where people died and got injured and it didn't get shut down wow um this is an actual place where multiple multiple deaths have occurred uh, multiple injuries uh and was allowed to continue to operate uh you know for many many years all the way through the 80s and is technically a version of it is still open now but obviously um under uh you know better regulation and supervision the documentary is interesting in a couple ways number one it's interesting just to see people talk about this place that kind of lives in the myth of this area and to see kids who went there talk about what it meant to them and how you would go to this place knowing that the fun of it was you you could actually get hurt like it was one of those things where there were no rules uh, it goes into how everybody that worked there, like was on site, were just teenagers from the area who were not given any training or, you know, anything. Uh, it goes into who owned it and, you know, uh, just kind of the nefarious kind of background to the ownership. Like it, it really kind of digs into how this happened, uh, what happened, and some of the stories from it. There's an interesting balance. This is the other part I really liked about uh, this movie, which I really did enjoy and and would recommend, is it balances this, uh, this thing of almost a nostalgia for the 80s where there wasn't regulation, where kids could just be kids and, you know, leave the home and just go ride their bikes and do what. So it's kind of got that element to it, too, where it's like sometimes kids just have to be kids and scrape their knees and, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 
it balances that with how awful it was that it, that there was nobody at the top actually caring and actually regulating and that people lost their lives because of those decisions like that's a that's a huge deal so that's a very tricky balance for this documentary to kind of thread that needle and the best documentaries in my opinion are the ones that let the the thoughts and the attitudes come from the subjects that they're interviewing and the things that they're talking about and not like have something that they're trying necessarily to say and i think this movie does that really well um because you can definitely hear from some of these kids that went there how much they loved this place and then you can also hear from the mom and dad that never got to see their kid you know grow up because this place killed their child you know what i mean so you you Mm -hmm. you have both of those things coming together and saying you know uh and so you get to observe and draw your own conclusions draw your own sadness from that and uh interest to that so it's um it's a it's a really um take a drink fascinating documentary and i (laughs) i really enjoyed it so no i didn't even know this existed i don't think i've seen like previews for it or anything this is on hbo currently or that's already aired i guess yeah yeah it's already aired and so it's available on hbo max uh, to stream and again it's called class action park uh and it is yeah, it's based on a, a real place called Action Park in New Jersey that was half water park and half motor park. And it's just it, it, the insanity of what this place was is mind boggling. So, yeah, the movie yeah. didn't really appeal to me just because I don't I'm not like I wasn't a jackass fan and mm-hmm. just Johnny Knoxville mm-hmm. style of humor is not really my thing. So I just that I just avoided the movie. But the the whatever it was based on always kind of interested me. So I'm glad there's a I'm glad there's a documentary. Yeah, I, I just assumed they were exaggerating things for that that movie just to be a movie. You know, kind yeah. of thing. like you do when something says based on a true story, you just kind of go, yeah, I, I get it. Not yeah. a true story. Uh, the real story is worse. Like it's it's incredible. Oh like God. how much worse the 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 real place was. Um, I, I kind of want to tell you all these things. Uh, I, I guess I don't I'll... even know how this ever existed. Like, and this is in no. the United States, right? Like, this is yeah, yeah. They had. I'll just I'll just give you one example of something oh, that happened no. at this park. Okay. Um, they they had a a loop de loop water slide that was not designed by engineers or anybody who knew anything about physics. That was just a a plastic tube that did a full loop de loop, and you you had to get going fast enough that you would go through the loop de loop, and if you didn't, you would come out the other side bruised, missing a tooth, bloody, whatever, because oh you just God. slam around in this loop de loop and come out the other side. So they realized this after a little bit that this was running, and so they opened up the top and they put padding at the top in at the you know the top of the loop and people you know so people wouldn't get beat up but then people started coming out with like lacerations all over their body and they couldn't figure out what was going on they opened the top of this thing and people are cutting themselves because teeth human teeth are stuck in this padding from how hard people are hitting that and kids are losing their teeth in this thing and so now those human teeth are cutting people as they go through this loop to loop like oh my god (laughs) it's like it's it's almost a horror movie like what's crazy is as you were talking about this i'm having these memories we used to have these two places that we could go when we were kids one was this water slide park Mm -hmm. um where you knew that if you took this corner fast enough, you could fly off, jump over uh, uh, lanes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and also, um, it had been made out of concrete, and then it had been like so every lane was concrete lane, and then they had obviously laid down whatever layers of paint and mm-hmm. slipperiness so that you would slide on it. 
but obviously concrete has those little bumps on it. And so even over all of the years of people going down on it and it kind of getting worn down, if you fell off of your little and like literally you would ride down like on just imagine a yoga mat. Mm -hmm. You were given basically a yoga mat. To oh no! Go down I, these I've things. seen the very similar rides at Action Park. That uh, okay? Yeah. So this is what we had, and so um, so it's <laughs> concrete lanes, yep. a little yoga mat, and then your speed and your weight was all you had going for you. And I don't know that there were stories about injuries. I'm sure there are plenty, but it was such a bummer when the place closed down. And for many many years, you could actually like drive by, and it would. You could see like the big walk to get to the top and, and have all these memories of you just knew if you fell off your mat, you're probably going to have a little arm burn going down. Um, and yeah, you could fly off the side if you really went for it. And I'm sure there were plenty of things that happened there that I would never know. So that was one thing that came to mind. And the um, the other one was that there was this barn swing we used to be able to go to. And we would go there with like youth groups on big buses. And it was this farm that had this several barns and they just made like these big um things where you could just climb up a ladder attach yourself to a harness and just jump off uh -huh. of high yeah. heights yeah. and wow. swing around and you could do that inside in the barn in like four or five locations where they actually you know had just, you know anyone who has a farm back in the day you'd put a swing in the middle just to keep the kids entertained or whatever and then you jump in the hay so it was very similar to that like you could swing around and if you got the right speed you could reach your legs out and you could launch off of the walls and keep spinning and like the cool kids are the ones that could keep their they could keep their their swing going longer and longer and longer because they were long enough to reach so then they had to make rules about time and you could only be on the swing for a certain amount of time otherwise the kid the big kids would never get off mm -hmm. there was this one particular room massive room where it was uh two or three big barn swings that you climb up and you jump off of or whatever and the entire floor was covered in mattresses and it was just layers and layers and of twin mattresses king mattresses i'm sure it's the family is just like we'll take whatever used mattresses you've got <laughs> stained mattresses i mean and and You'd get to jumping around on the mattresses as well. People would lose their shoes in the mattresses. You'd lose your money because they had a snack place. You'd lose your money in the mattresses. So I'm just having this, you know, huh. and, uh, yeah. And I'm sure I have the energy of as a kid, it was kind of fun. Yeah. I don't remember injury stories. Right. But because as a kid, you're you can't invincible. do that anymore. As a kid, you, you feel like you're invincible. Anymore. Yeah. And you can't. And, yeah. and it's, I, and there is a, there is some sort of loss there of childhood in some ways. I think mm -hmm. it's an okay, I think it's a necessary loss, but there is something about, I don't know, I, and maybe I'm completely wrong and maybe it's just nostalgia talking, but there, you know, the ability to, one of the guys was saying in this documentary, he's like, look, you could come back to school on Monday and ask somebody how their weekend was. And they'd be like, yeah, me and the friends, we went and explored this uh, shut down mental hospital and went through the basement and there were some, you know, uh, druggies down there or whatever. And then somebody else would say, yeah, my family and I went to, you know, such and such New Jersey to spend some time on the lake. And those are both completely normal answers in the 80s. <laughs> like, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like <laughs> kids just did stuff. And yeah. And so, yeah, this I this. This again, this documentary captures it so well, and it still gives reverence. Uh, in fact, mainly, I think, gives reverence to the importance of regulation and in, in these kind of things. But also says, yeah, there's something about a place that feels 
like there are no rules for a kid that can they can learn some things and and so yeah i anyhow i i really enjoyed it and would would highly recommend cool. it it reminded me of this is down your way jonathan but uh right outside uh crossville there's the the world's largest tree house uh used to mm-hmm. be there and they've shut it down for these yeah, reasons yeah, yeah. Um, but my family, uh, probably 10 years ago visited this place and the entire time is just like, man, this is awesome. And also we're all going to die. Like this is not, <laughs> yeah, put I've together never been, well. yeah, I never went, but no, I, I've heard stories about it. And, and so you're, you're a hundred feet in the air in this rickety tree house that has been built mm-hmm. by this man who just keeps adding parts to it. That's how this thing got Jeez. built. Some guy just kept adding parts to this giant tree yeah. house. No engineer has come and inspected this. This is not, you know, and you just come You're out. On private you, property. It's on private Probably property. Sign some waiver. <laughs> yeah. And so our whole family is up in this thing and it's like, yeah, this is kind of amazing. And also we're, we're going to die. Like, we're in so, danger right yeah. now. <laughs> so I don't yeah, know. It's There's like the unsafe, like there. they have those, um, they have those climbing towers and stuff now that are like regulated. Like, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. built by engineers and stuff. My, my daughter goes and does them sometimes. She really likes them, but yeah, it's like the really rickety version of that, you know? Just, yeah. Well, it's terrifying. I don't like heights anyway. So I would, the treehouse thing never interested me, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have plenty of friends that went and did it and had really crazy stories. Yeah, like, well, oh, this good. is I'm the good. this is the water park motor park version of the world's <laughs> largest treehouse. No, uh, thank you. <laughs> so I would I I think you guys will will love watching this. Uh, and that's a weird thing to say because I know there's some emotional beats to it, but it's it is definitely one of those stories that I'm that I think is uh, interesting to to watch and to be told the history of entertainment for before the world of the internet when you had to go out and find things to entertain you you found very dangerous things to entertain you no lie no lie well that's gonna wrap it up for behind the scenes this week don't forget to make sure you are subscribed uh go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well hang out with us on twitter we're at cinemasins bts i am at aaron dicer she is at denae says d-e-n-e-e-s-a-y-s he is at sam loomis 13 so for Jonathan Watkins, today, Hughes, and myself, we'll see you next week. Bye! Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash bts. Because I just want you to know the downside to a latte is the energy crash. It's time for a nap in the middle of the show. Do you think Aaron will even know? Hello? 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 I win. For being first? Mm-hmm. I didn't know, I didn't know that there were prizes. Are there prizes? No. I mean, oh. just the prize of knowing you're the best. and Just bragging rights? Yeah, you're, you're more dedicated to your craft than anybody else. That week. <laughs> I was just thinking I really do need to start keeping track of what I recommend and talk about on the show because I don't remember anymore. Mm. So I should maybe as I go back, I'll try to remember who actually got here first and just start keeping track of that, too. (laughs) Nice. Put it on a list of things you keep track of. Our attendance. Actually, you've been first the most. I've done the math, and over all the episodes, you are at a plus seven, and I'm at a plus three, so technically, overall, I'm earlier. Super freaking duper. Mom, Phineas and Ferb aren't wearing their masks. What serious conversation we've found ourselves in today. Yeah, I don't hey, know Aaron, that I can use any of this for the outtakes. None of this is going to be in the outtake. <laughs> <laughs> I 
this this will go in the outtakes. Uh, sorry, the outtakes are shorter this week. Uh, but we had a conversation about COVID, politics, and religion. Three things that we're we not don't... putting out there. <laughs> I'm using my phone as a hotspot, so we'll see how this oh, works. Oh shoot! Are you guys out of internet? We've got bad weather. Yeah, I lost my internet. Did you run out? Shit. Did somebody forget to tell you when they opened the last gallon of internet? i have a really important question for you guys do you wash your legs in the shower okay you're gonna make me you're gonna make me talk about this aren't you as if i don't get enough flack for going commando you're gonna make me go into my shower practices i mean i I don't understand the question i mean i wash my whole body okay so i was listening to a podcast i think i'm gonna talk about it in beyond the sins but i was listening to this podcast and they have this episode where they're like one of the biggest internet debates is if someone says, you know, like, okay, so like you could tweet something out and everybody has to comment on it. One of those things apparently is if you tweet out, like, does anyone wash their legs in the shower or something like that? Everyone like has a to hot comment dog, on a, it. A hot dog, a sandwich kind of thing. Right. Like everyone has an opinion and they're going to have something to say about it. So I just have never thought about this before. But then the guys that I was listening to, they kind of just went back and forth. And huh. it was a fascinating conversation to listen to. And I thought, oh, my God, I am I weird? Because so you I watched them? Ask you guys. I, yeah, I, scru- I wash my legs because it's important for me to use a little scrubby to exfoliate a little bit. Yeah. I don't I'm not super thorough every time, but then like, you know, you got to move those hairs around so they don't turn to ingrown hairs and right. you know, you got to like get the dead skin cells off and So be- before I admit something that I will be uh, sure rightfully mocked for, whatever. Uh can you sum up for me the argument for not washing your legs? Oh, um the argument for not washing your legs is people say uh that the water just drips down them anyway there's soap and water yeah but you're not but you're not scrubbing them right there's no washing it's just that by default you are bathed i do not shave my legs though and as someone who i i guess does does that help like does that help clean as well i don't even know my sweet summer child you think i shave my legs (laughs) i knew that was coming I not only wash my legs, but I lotion them up and all kinds of stuff. Good for you. If, if I don't, I'm just going to have like the itchiest, nastiest, driest skin ever. So so that's a great segue. Um, I haven't used soap in, I'm going to say a couple decades. <laughs> um, Matthew McConaughey over here. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. In, in the reason- I forgot. How did I forget? I don't this. know. I I, I just did rinse not off. set you up on purpose. No, I'm... I rinse. I rinse and scrub. Uh, but I do not use soap. Um, and the reason being is soap is good for you know germs, dirts, oils, those kind of things that get on your skin. However, it's also good for taking away all of your skin's natural defenses against the world around it. The, lots of those oils that your skin naturally produces are purposeful. You know, they are to, to keep you from getting dry skin, to keep you, you know, from getting all those things. Um, Danae, we've worked together for, you know... Ten, almost 10 years. Almost 10 years now. I, am, is my hygiene awful? Am I, you know, do I, do I often smell bad? You know, like, is that something you've dealt with with me? No. Okay. Um... I've never noticed your smell before. So you're saying you just use, like, you just get a scrub wet and then you just scrub your body. I use my hands to scrub my body. I just, you know, I just rinse off, make sure all, especially the the, the parts of the body that are creased or Do you wash your crevassed. hair? Um, I wash my hair every other day-ish. I mean, you use shampoo, though. You're not yes. just using water. Yes. Uh, I okay. use shampoo. He's just, he's just using the power of prayer. <laughs> 
so yes, Danae, you are correct. I uh, did a lot of research and, you know, whether it's just confirmation bias or whatever, uh, found that washing ourselves with as much, which is with as many uh, outside influences is just as much impacted by economics as it is actual health. Uh, that we have industries that are built on health and beauty and cleaning. And uh, many of the things mm -hmm. that they provide us are not necessary except for their bottom line. And so mm -hmm. I stopped using body soap of any kind. Wow. And Wow. Um, but do you use deodorant? I do wear deodorant, yes. Okay. Just to keep just to keep the normal human body odor. So you don't use lotion at all either? Mm -mm. No lotions, nothing like that. I drink a lot of water too, so, you know. What about toothpaste? I do. <laughs> I definitely brush my teeth. <laughs> That's good. Okay. <laughs> All right. You ask about my shaving habits, so might as well since we're on the topic. Uh, I have never used shaving cream or any kind of gel. I always shave uh, with just a razor. Oh, that sounds that's terrifying. It, you don't. You don't. Fine. Do you grow like a full-on beard though? Um, I shave currently. Can I you? shave. Well, I've started shaving twice a week. I usually shave once a week. And the answer is yes. He can grow a beard. And and by yes. about the week, yeah, I've got you know, I, I've definitely got hair. Because not everybody My can, face. so that's that's a. I that's a I legit personally question. can't. Yeah. So. <laughs> but this man has already started buying. Every time he goes to the grocery store, he gets two bags of candy to prepare, and now he's hiding them around the house so that I don't open them and get like a couple of my favorite treats. <laughs> and so the other day I was like, hey, I was going to go get one of the Reese's peanut butter cups. And he's like, he's like, well, I think I hid, I, you know, I hid them in the storage uh, area. And I was like, okay. So I go into the storage area and I'm in there for meh, probably five minutes. Can't find a single thing of candy anywhere. So I come back upstairs and I'm, babe, can't find the candy. He has forgotten where he's put. <laughs> this is why you don't hide. <laughs> so now we're in the situation where we're kind of doing like this Easter egg hunt thing. <laughs> I was just thinking that, you know, generally at Halloween, a lot of people would wear a mask. But yeah. as stubborn as people are this year about masks, I wonder if this would be the first Halloween where people would like every costume would be non-mask related because they're just refusing. They like, cut they cut all wear. the nose and mouth parts out of the yeah. masks. <laughs> just to be obstinate. <laughs> I'm going as Batman this year because that covers all the parts except the main parts. You joke, you kid, what the da da? That reminds me of growing up when I was a, a, a youngin. We were traveling somewhere with my grandma and grandpa, my my uh, dad's parents, who are very like laced up conservative, you know, kind of family. And I looked at my grandma, uh, who was probably I don't know, fifty at the time, fifty five at the time, and uh, and said, "Grandma, do you have a penis?" And apparently the look and by the way i don't remember this i just know this from the story i've been told uh i don't remember a lot of my childhood That's so amazing and uh and she didn't say anything she just you know stood there or sat there and we're all in a car so she can't escape and so my mom turns my mom turns around from the front seat and goes well answer him mabel <laughs> oh it's where That's i get amazing. it from That's where i get it from guys we're never going to do a show because I have to tell you this story. <laughs> it, it was just one of those moments where I became someone I'm not. And I don't know if you have those moments, but I was at that very, uh, I was at a, a park riding my bicycle and just riding around like you do. And when you come up upon a walker, my mm. practice has been if they are walking all the way on the right, I just pass them on the left. I don't say anything. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of room. I'm not worried about it. If they're towards the center even at all, when I'm about 
20 feet out, I will say on your left to let them know that I'm coming and then they'll move over and I'll go past. And some of them, everybody reacts differently. Some will just like, you know, move over and others will act like the world is ending, like throw their hands up and like jump out of the way. And it's like, no, no, I told you, <laughs> I told you in plenty of time. <laughs> it's okay. But I don't say something if I don't feel like it's necessary. Like there's no chance of an act. There's no chance they're going to yeah. just like jump to the right five feet at the last second kind of thing <laughs> or jump to the left. And uh, so I came by this couple and I didn't realize they had a dog. <gasps> and and so the dog comes and I had plenty of time. to. I'm very aware. I'm a very aware writer. And I had plenty of time to stop. So I, I stopped for the dog. And then I think they had that thing where they they probably felt bad for the situation but also felt like it was my fault. And so the guy starts laying into me like, you know what people do? They say something, you know, I, the other bikers will say something when they come by, you should say something. And I got so defensive, like in the moment, like I, it wasn't like it was going to come to fisticuffs, but I was just, I was very much like, well, I do say something. And of course I'm riding my bike. So I want to keep riding. He's like, no, you don't. You've never said something. And then I, then I like turned and yelled back, ask anybody else on the trail or something like that. And so then I'm, then I'm going uh, around for another you know, loop, and I'm going to come by them again. And the whole time, I'm thinking, who was that guy? Who are you? Why <laughs> you, did you never do I'm that. It's not, not you. Like that's not. not oh my a... god! Hold on, hold on. Can I make a prediction? Oh sure. Okay. Danae predicts. This... Okay, and Jonathan, <laughs> you can do this too. Let's play the game. How do you think the story ends? <laughs> I predict that Aaron decides to stop and apologize, and yeah, I mean, that would and be have, my guess, and have a slight conversation yeah. of of clear like clear the air with these people that's and my then they, guess and then they went and had coffee <laughs> no no he doesn't drink coffee so it can't it can't go that way no that's true that's true okay they had they had non-sugary chocolate chip cookies or whatever he calls them. that he keeps on his bicycle and <laughs> yeah. his sweaty like little pack around his stomach his little fanny pack Whatever your super taster restaurant chocolate chip cookies. I can't remember what you called them. But anyway. Well, I don't need to finish the story because apparently I'm very predictable. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I slowed way down to where I was kind of biking the same speed as them. Uh, said on your left. And then as I was kind of alongside of them, apologized and just said, hey, I'm so sorry. You're absolutely right. I should, you know, always say something. And, uh, you know, I didn't see that you had your dog and I, I will do better. And he said, thank you. And, you know, we gave each other that's thumbs up and, and all was good. Thanked you on the ass see, as you went by. Because, but those things happen, right? Yeah. You just, yeah. sometimes you react and not everything's black and white. Like, but as chill. humans, as humans, we have this thing where we get defensive, especially when there's not a lot oh, of time. Yeah. I was kind of panicked by Well, he was being the, defensive. Right. No, of course. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, it becomes something that doesn't have to be something. And so, you know, I just I, I wish and oftentimes I, I hope in moments I can be more uh, thoughtful. But in those moments where I've only got spl a split second before I'm by them and around again, what do you do in a split second? You know, you defend mm -hmm. yourself and I defended myself and I shouldn't I shouldn't have. I should have apologized. And so I did that the next time around. You fart but. and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> It's so incredible how quickly an apology can diffuse emotion, even even if you don't feel like you're the one that should do it first or even should do it at all. I learned this when Aaron and I were um, we had someone that was a consultant for our show and we were wanting to move forward in our in our business and in our show. And our consultant said that one of the things we could do was to go back to people we used to work with and have a conversation about, you know, like what potentially went wrong, but start with an apology. And I was like, for what? We didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> and it was really hard for me 
but I did it anyway, but I only did it because he told me to. That was it. But since then, I've learned there's something really powerful about that and that I do have something I could always think about that I could have done better, that I can apologize for, that is something I'm in control of and that it's something really beautiful. And what's really interesting is that I do this with Iris. If I snap at her and I know that I could have been more patient, I'll, I'll tell her. I'll say, mm-hmm. Iris, I'm sorry. I, we do that I yelled and I shouldn't have done that. And what's really interesting is as a three, not even three and a half year old, as a three year old now, she on the regular will come to me at a different point in the day after something happened and she'll say, mommy, I wanted to tell you that I'm sorry because I really was yelling at you earlier or <laughs> I was, do you remember earlier when I bit your nipple? I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> or like whatever she's done. Uh, oh, I like, remember that uh, conversation with my boys too. <sighs> they were always so apologetic afterwards. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 